When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kia ora, good morning and welcome to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ and a big day on a Friday as we get ready for the weekend. Kempi, you look like you're already ready, brother. <laughs> yeah, I am, Rick Dog. I uh, had a little trip up the north again last night, uh, sitting in my place here up in Kirikiri, mate. The, uh, I've got to say, Rick, like last night, it rained yesterday afternoon. Um, I don't know if you guys got a little bit of rain down there in Tamaki, but it rained yesterday afternoon up here, and I was thinking, oh, it would be nice just to have a nice, you know, quiet night um, without the rain. And and honestly, last night was insane. Got to, I just sort of couldn't go to sleep, you know, it was about 9.30, 10 o'clock, and looking out the window, and it was just such a beautiful night up here last night. It's uh, It looks okay this morning. There's a little bit of uh, cloud around, but... Um, I've got to say, Rick, I've noticed this week that the heat, especially in the day, is starting to change and starting to get that summer feel. Um, I've broken the singlets back out, of course, as you can see. It's uh, a hell of a lot easier, as you know. Me and you both like putting them on, um, getting up and just throwing a, a nice little tank top on to, to start your day. So, um, yep, I'm looking forward to today, mate. Friday, lots going on. We've got a good show coming up and... Uh, Made massive news yesterday. I'm pretty sure you're going to talk about that as well. Uh, was that uh, the the fact that uh, you got your guns out again, Kimpy? That news, or, no, the, or the, the news no, the that, that you, you need to get your roots the, done, mate? You're starting to get uh, dark roots coming through with your blonde there. Are we going to have to yeah. have to re-go, or are you just going to shave it? <laughs> no, well, a couple of things. No, not the getting the guns out. The the big news is he's coming back. I found out yesterday, uh, the other half of the show. So he's back next week at some stage. Um, and as far as the dark roots go, mate, no chance. I actually thought I was going to keep it for a little while. Yeah. Until uh, until the wife said, nah, get 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 the uh, salt and pepper look back. That's what I like. And, you know, you really only do it for one person. So um, it'll go for a short chop next week, uh, no doubt. And then, yeah, probably come post-Christmas, uh, the remnants of the, the blondes will slowly dissipate and uh, the real ones will come back through. The real the real greys will start coming back through. Yeah, exactly. It won't be uh, blonde, blonde. It'll be platinum blonde. Uh, that's, mm. that's what we like, Kempi. That's what we like. No, but yes, big news yesterday. As you'll probably be aware, I know it was talked about on the station, uh, staff uh, broke the news yesterday that SENZ has been acquired by Entain and the TAB from February the 1st next year. Yeah, big... Big news. Um, surprised? No, not at all. I uh, I was speaking about that when there was a lot of rumours going around the place that probably the logical um, move would be that it would go back to Entain with Entain coming in with their 25 million, a uh, 25 year deal uh, to support the the uh, TAB here in New Zealand and. You know, to to acquire uh, SENZ as part of that that package sort of sort of just made logic, really. So, it coming out yesterday. Um, yeah, big news, big news for the station, and uh, especially big news for the TAB. I, I think that's where the acquisition was bought from in the first place, wasn't it? Well, TAB stations. So it's basically gone um, rotated 
360 and ended back up where it was. Yeah, so back, uh, was it March uh, 2020 when COVID hit? Um, is that right? Yeah, that's that's about right. Uh, yeah, the TAB basically shut down the radio operation and then decided to sell off their frequencies and... It took a little while, but after about a year, I think it was, SEN came in and acquired those frequencies and set up SENZ. Uh, but now Entain have come on, uh, come in. You know they've taken over the TAB, and uh, they have uh, decided they they like the media having a media arm, so they've taken us over. So there you go from uh, February one officially, uh, two thousand and twenty four. Apparently not going to change a thing. So. We're going to stay as we are for the next year at least anyway. Uh, now, if you've got uh, uh, big plans for the weekend, make sure you stay tuned here. We've got some tips coming up for your, you because Robbie Patterson coming on the show uh, before he's seven. Got a, he's, got a big, he's got a big stable out there today down at New Plymouth too. Yeah, so Robbie's going to come on. Uh, not 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 talking to El Sharok. Is he, is he too busy rolling in money like, then doing a Scrooge McDuck after <laughs> selling that horse? I, I talked to him a couple of times this week. Um, no, it was better. It was better for us. I said that to Al. Better for us to talk to Robbie Patterson um, because of the, uh, I guess, the runners he's got in today, um, Rick. And and you know we do talk to Alan quite a lot. So Alan's, you know, he's uh, he's not hanging me out, I, I, up over that one. He wants uh, he wants all of the all of the boys down there to get a shout out. So. I'll, I'm just after one winner from Robbie today, so we'll hear what his, what his best is in love racing. Yep, coming up after seven, Jacob Duffy joins us, the Black Caps bowler. He is uh, part of the Otago Vault setup as well. The Ford Trophy gets underway tomorrow uh, around New Zealand. Uh, we'll preview the Ford Trophy and uh, see how uh, Jacob Duffy's form is. Pretty good, just quietly, just quietly, pretty good. After eight o'clock, Scott Wooten, uh, the defender from the Wellington Phoenix, is going to come on. Of course, they play in Auckland tomorrow at Mount Smart. Uh, it's a double header, the women playing as well. Uh, so we'll get into that with Scott. Plus we've got uh, Who Am I? We've got a Two Truths, One Lie. We've got questions. And we're going to go around the grounds as well and see what is cooking with Victor on gas. But uh, Kempi, we always do this on a Friday. We want to hear where you are and what you're doing. It is the SENZ roll call. So text us through, double eight double three, double eight double three. Where are you listening? What are you up to? How are you listening to us? Is it on the app? Is it on the radio? Uh, let us know, double eight double three, and we will give you a shout-out. Here is Who Am I for you. $100 Adidas Golf Voucher up for grabs. Get away with Adidas Golf. Visit adidas.co.nz. Get away with golf. T's and C's apply. The clue? I was born in the 1800s. I was born in the 1800s. Okay, so uh, we're going back. We're going back some time. The answer is not Tony Kemp. Category? Don't put. Don't put <laughs> oh, Tony Kemp. Yeah. Uh, I you got, got you it, first. You did. You got it there first. <laughs> uh, double eight, double three for who am I? Nicely played, mate. Nicely played. Uh, let's now though do this. Round one. Fight. As I mentioned, Kempe, Jacob Duffy from Otago is coming on after seven. Uh, the Ford Trophy, which is the 50-over game, gets underway uh, tomorrow domestically in New Zealand. Of course, we have uh, test matches. Uh, we have Plunkett Shield. They call it first class over four days. We've got uh, you know the 50-over game and, and T20. What's your preferred format when it comes to cricket? Well, it, it is still the white ball, the 50-overs. You know, I grew up watching that cricket. Uh, that format for many years before they went to T20. I, I don't mind T20. I think it I think it does suit the likes of Robbie and the younger crew. The, you know, they like the quick bash and get in and get out type um, cricket. But the one day the, the one day is I think are more of a competition. You know, where you where you're sort of hanging on 
you know you've got to bowl out your 50 overs. Um, a lot can happen in, in that run chase. And the, and the best thing I used to like about that, Rick, when it first came on was the day-nighter. Yeah. Where you started in the in the um, the early afternoon and you went through the night and the changing of the crowd and and just the emotion that went alongside it. I remember I remember living in Australia watching the Australians and the way that they used to attack that that format of cricket. Um, yeah, and and still today, I I just think you know that's probably for me at least it's more of a competition because in the in the T20s it's over so quickly, uh, you know, and things can. Yeah, you get one guy going there hitting sixes all the time. Things can change dramatically in that format too. But it's it is really you know hit and bash as opposed to strategically um, positioning your fielders around the field at, at certain stages and trying to to bat out bat out those fifty overs. So for me, still the still the fifty over format is the best one that I like. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I, I much prefer that to the old hit and giggle of, of, of T20. I do see, actually, you mentioned uh, uh, the day-nighters. Um, the women's 50-over comp, um, which uh, I think got underway last weekend, uh, they have coming up the first um, day-nighter in that in New Zealand, the first women's day-nighter in that. It's uh, ND, I think, against... Indy against Canterbury, I think this Saturday. Mm. Um, so that's uh, that, that that'll be one to watch out. Gets uh, underway at two o'clock, and they'll have the lights there at Seddon Park for that one as well. All right, let's crack on. Round two. Kawhi Leonard was once a San Antonio Spurs player, but he demanded to be traded, wanted to leave, wanted out. Since then, every time he goes back there, he gets booed when he plays in San Antonio <laughs> by the fans. Fair or foul? Well, the the incident that you're talking about, um, where I think it's, uh, Chris Popovich comes up and grabs the the PA and, and says to the fans, "Stop that! That's not us. We're not those type of fans." I just, you know, you can't stop a fan experience. You know, yeah. and and I can talk directly to this because the same thing happened to me when I signed for Leeds just down the road from Castleford. So in a straight line, it would be 20Ks, Castleford to Leeds. Yeah? Yeah. And and they don't like each other. No, like, one, like, just, no one likes Leeds, mate. No. If you go, if you go, if you go, I remember, I remember I'd signed the contract, I'd signed it under secrecy with, with Dougie Lawton and, and people knew that I weren't signing for Castleford, the wives, the, the players, the coaches, everyone. And every one of them said, that no one knew who it was for, and we'd, me and Dougie kept it under under lock and key, and everyone said, "Mate, as long as it's not for Leeds," <laughs> <laughs> and it you was know? for Leeds, and it was for Leeds. Okay, so that's not the worst part about it. So going back to the jungle, getting booed by Castleford fans was was really terrible because I love that place, but getting booed by your own fans because that was my nickname. Remember? Yep, boo. I had such a bad run with my arm injury that the, the fans didn't think they were getting value. Um, out of me because I just happened to keep breaking my arm, broke it four times. Um, my nickname was Boo. Every time I ran out, they they called my name out. I know that Jackson Hastings talking about that at the moment about your name and number on the back of your jersey. Well, number number six, Tony Kemp, and the crowd would go Boo, <laughs> and the boys nicknamed me Boo. There you go. And it's and, and that's great. I used to just I used to just jam me up a little bit more. Um, but you can't take away fan experience if they want to boo, mate. I, I, I suggest leave the mic alone. That's that's part of their, their night out. Mm, yep, there you go. All right. Round three. 
Tigers reportedly trying to offload David Klemmer so they can pay Jerome Luai $4.5 million Australian over four seasons. Is he worth it, Kempe? Well, yes. I'm, look, I, I, I have never begrudged anyone who is smart enough to get as much out of um, a contract as they can. And, you know, I'd, look, it's significantly more than the 1.7 that the, 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 that the Panthers have offered him. You know, you're talking three times as, as much money, um, which is securing your, your family's future. I, look, I, think he go, I, I actually think he goes. Rick, I think there's a fair chance he's won three premierships that he goes. You know, he, look, he looks at this and goes, well, this is a defining deal that, that takes care of me later on in life, uh, me, and, me and my wife and my two kids. So, you know, they're going to have to move someone. By, by all accounts, it's David Clemmer who's only signed there 12 months ago himself on a, on a three-year deal. He's got two years left with an option um, both ways. So, you know, to move him, you know, we're looking for a middle player. I just don't know whether we've got his type of salary to buy him. 750K he's on, apparently. Mm, well, yeah, what do you reckon? I reckon you might have, a, have that for next year. You know, if they, if they lose Adam Fanua Blake, bringing David Clemmer into the side wouldn't be a bad move, would it? No, it wouldn't be the worst. Wouldn't be the worst. Um, he's he's a big body. He's uh, he's for, formerly a uh, a rep player as well. And I mean, I think that would make sense. I I'm just not sure. I'm not 100 percent convinced. Jerome Luai is as good as he looks at the Panthers. I think he's, you know, it's a lot of that's about the players around him. Can he do that? What he does at the Panthers somewhere else? Well, he's always been before. Um, you know. Nathan Cleary's come out and, and turned into a, a goat. Um, you know, the next the next immortal they're already talking about. This kid's only twenty five. You've, you've got a you've got a bunch of players around you that were like just a step above everyone, but you'd played with them for so long too. So it's not can he go to another club and do something? It's just that he'd been in that structure. If you look at all the the old footage since they were sixteen, so him Crichton um, and Jerome uh, Jerome Crichton. Stephen Kreitner and Nathan Cleary, for instance, in that left edge, have been together since they were 16. So it's whether or not he can go back to, Upi, I think I think a good move with Upi Kurosawa at hooker. Uh, pulling, him in and pulling him in and running a team is probably something that he would like to do. But the big thing, Rick, here is when you're his age, it's he's two years from basically maxing out his best form before he starts to get on the... Man, it's starting to get harder every morning. Mm. Um, I think you're looking at that going, well, you know, I've got a four-year deal here with 1.2 million. I think what the, what he's probably talking about is give me five. You give me five. five and I'll sign. Yep, all right. And all of that makes perfect sense. But if you're the Tigers, if, you, if, if it's you, Tony, that's going to have to make this decision, would you spend that money on Jerome Lua? Is he worth that money to the Tigers? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. But they're, 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 there's no one around, Rick. That's the problem with the NRL is there's no one around in that in that half position, hooker position. Uh, once you start getting down through the through the sides that of of any substance, that's why they demand. There's just short supply and and huge demand. That's why West have come out and gone. Well, we'll throw we'll throw something at somebody and try and get him. It'll it'll create this if he signs, it'll create a ripple through the competition. 
You've still got Tom Dredd and, and uh, Ezra Mann talking to clubs. It'll it, If he moves and Penrith are back open on the open market, and I know that they've already signed Dane Laurie back from the Tigers, and probably in, in retrospect to cover Luai if mm. they need it, uh, I... I think it'll start a, a ripple effect, which will see other halves moving clubs. All right, there we go. Uh, yeah, that Tigers spine, if they get Luai, uh, would be Adam Dewey at fullback. And then, uh, I mean, at the moment, it's Aiden Caesar would be in the halves with him. Um, I don't know if that's long term, but then uh, Upi Coruscant hooker as well. That's starting to look like a reasonable spine, isn't it? Yeah, and they've, and they've just signed a, another guy back from um, England that played for Canberra. The name just slips my mind at the moment. As well, and you've got the young guy Buller who played, you know, came in on, on a train and trial last year, and I think is going to be an absolutely fantastic NRL player for you know for many years. They're pushing too for that number one jersey, so he has he has the the I guess the making of a of a decent spine. But for Benji, it's the stock, mate. Like when you look at their their stock, he just can't lose anyone. If he loses any of those players then it starts to become really tough for him because he hasn't built all, all that club hasn't over the last 10 years. I've had Ivan, Madge, Madge and, and Tim, uh, Tim Sheens and they haven't been able to build that depth through that Western, that Western corridor to actually stay in the NRL and compete for it. You know, they're on a three-peat for the wooden spoon. Like mm. You just don't want that if you're Benji this year. You don't want that spoon at all. No, you, you want to be anywhere near it. It is 6.21 here on SENZ. Remember, uh, we're doing the roll call. Where are you listening? What are you up to? Text us double eight double three. Need a new mobile plan? Visit Kogan Mobile. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this spring. It is 627 0800 150 or double eight double three. the Temper Bedpost text machine. Temper and Bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. Text through uh, on double eight double three for our SENZ roll call. Want to hear from you, want to know... Uh, where you are listening to us, how you are listening to us, and what you are up to. Uh, Paul and Hawara, morning team listening via the app in the cow shed. Great news about the TAB and SCNZ. Hopefully bonus bets come back. Yeah, it's all about the bonus <laughs> bets, Paulie. Nice. Uh, Blake Aston, Christchurch, about to hit the work site. That's from Chris. And uh, morning, lads. How does Anthony Tony Matt Kemp think Manly will go next year? Anthony, Tony, Matt Kemp. Jeez, he's pulled out. There's obviously someone very close to me down there. Oh, you know what? I actually like Luke Brooks going to Manly. You know, uh, Daly Cherry Evans, they've got some strike. I will say what everyone knows. Tom Trebojevic, if he can stay on the field, which he hasn't been able to do in the last couple of years, Manly will make the eight. They will make the eight. They've got too much strike. But if that but if that Blake goes down again, mate, so does Manly's hearts and all of their their hopes and wishes with it. Because yeah. without Tom Trebojevic, uh, who who a couple of years ago Rick was probably the best player in the competition, they really can't make any anything of that comp. Hundred percent, yeah, exactly. They, they it, it became as soon as Tom Tom Turbo over the last three seasons went down injured, you just backed against Manly every week, and you were you're pretty much a shoo-in because uh, they just didn't seem to have anything when, when he wasn't there. Well, and then when they when they were there, they were so good. 
but they they just become really inconsistent, you know. At least when you know when he's in it, because he pushes himself around the football field uh, everywhere, mate. You know, like picking it up from dummy half, running one off the ruck of the AB defender, then he gets off the back of uh, Daly Cherry Evans, and he's out wide. He's he does things that other blokes in that team can't do. So uh, yeah, he's a he's a marquee for a reason, but he needs to be a marquee that's playing the season, not uh, not. A part in it. Can I just say, as a Parramatta fan, I'm I'm, I'm pleased he's still there, chewing up a million dollars a year, doing nothing. That's great, fantastic. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to this. It is uh, Chemist Warehouse Black Friday sale, and we've got balanced protein prize packs valued at over $150 to give away. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse and their friends at Balance. We're playing two truths, one lie. Each one of the three of us will make a statement. You have to figure out who is telling the porky and text through the answer on double eight double three and get yourself in the draw to win that $150 uh, prize pack. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse and Balance. I'll go first. I have met Ozzy Osbourne and had a beer with Slash. I hope people had the hearing aids in then because, yeah, that last bit, I think we've all had a beer with Slash. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Okay, well, I'll go next. And, you know, I was a little bit of a tutu mate when I was a kid. Um, you probably you probably work that you yes, probably work that it's, out. It's not news, yeah. <laughs> and I'm the only bloke in Waitara that has a life ban from the swimming pool, right. the local swimming pool. Okay. Do we know why? And Can I got, we find out why? Or no? Uh, well, because I never used to pay to get in and then go and sneak up on the high diving board and just bomb the hell out of it until Auntie Chicken would kick me out and said, right, you're banned for life. Right, there you go. All right, Robbie, your turn. All right, uh, lads, my story this morning, when I was about 11 or 12 uh, intermediate school, I had the police sent out in search for me when I got stuck in a parking garage. Okay, all right, so there you go. Who is telling the porky? Double eight, double three, double eight, double three, and uh, we will pick a winner towards the end of the show for that $150 balance prize pack. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse and their friends at Balance. Here's Aroha now with news for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Flight Centre's Big Red Sale is on now with limited time offers on flights, cruises, holidays, and tours. Book now to save big here are some sports news headlines for you. Ben Stokes, Chennai Super Kings, um, and England all-rounder, has made himself unavailable for the 2024 IPL to manage his workload and fitness. The franchise, in a statement on their website, said they were supportive of Ben and his decision, but they haven't said if they're actually going to release him. At the end of the World Cup, Stokes had revealed that he would be undergoing knee surgery, a step he had been delaying for a while. Depending on his rehab, Stokes and the ECB will determine a timeline for return. Stokes, who was Super King's most expensive buy ever in the auction ahead of the 2023 season uh, for about 1.98 million US, has played just two games for them, scoring 15 runs and bowling just one over. That is easy money, isn't it? That is easy. One over. One over. Yep. Mate, I tell you what, I wish I knew more about how much money you could make cricket when I was growing up. Yeah, I reckon, mate. That was uh, outstanding. I mean, I, I understand that they can release him, right? And then they will get that money back, not back, but they can, well, yeah, they'll, they'll be able to spend that money, like it won't go against their cap and they can replace them. 
or they can hold on to him and then uh, and keep the value in the in the team and then try and trade him later on when he is fit. So we'll see what they do. Uh, Celtic have been fined over thirty thousand New Zealand dollars after fans waved Palestinian flags during their Champions League match against Atletico Madrid in Glasgow last month. The flags, which numbered in the hundreds, were deemed to be provocative messages of an offensive nature, according to UEFA. Fans could also be heard singing You'll Never Walk Alone while holding Palestinian flags, and they also had two large banners that said Free Palestine and Victory to the Resistance. Mm. Ghanaian MP Isaac Adongo has been invited to Old Trafford for a match by England defender Harry Maguire. Adongo, who ridiculed Maguire months ago for scoring own goals, has apologised to the Manchester United defender in Ghanaian Parliament, saying Maguire has turned a corner and is now a transformational footballer, prompting Maguire to reply to him on Twitter, MP Isaac Adongo, apology accepted. See you at Old Trafford soon. (laughs) There you go. Is that Good all, comeback. That all it takes to, uh, uh, to to get the invite. There you go. Nicely done. So uh, those are your sports news headlines. Uh, coming up, we have Robbie Patterson join Uncle Kempy for Love Racing. That is up next. We are 24 away from seven. Yes, at 6.41, uh, you can... Find a thoroughbred race day at events.loveracing.nz. The Grand Tour Racing Festival is back and it is bigger and more beautiful than it was last year in the summer. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a hell of a day at uh, a number of the race courses around New Zealand at the moment. It's just watching people down in Canterbury last week with the uh, Cup Week, Rick. Man, the after the aftermatch function at the, uh, the Grand Tour Racing Festival, unbelievable. Absolutely packed out with uh, thousands of people there enjoying what they have been putting down, uh, putting on as far as the festival goes for fun after racing, <laughs> which is uh, what people love to enjoy. But uh, big day today down there. We're just having a little bit of trouble getting hold of Robbie Patterson at the moment. Obviously, he's got a big field in, uh, of horses in today. He's got uh, every race covered except the last two down there. Um, race seven and race eight, and we'll try and try and get hold of Robbie just to talk about that um, that uh, that stable that he has in there. Race one, he's got Man's Appeal, um, which looks okay. It, obviously, there's a few boys tripping around this time of year, um, looking to see if they can pick some some stuff up. Mike, uh, Tony Pike's got Mike McNabb on Oban, is uh, who ran second up. Uh, a, a nice second last uh, last time out in the same race as Mars Appeal. Mars Appeal for our man Robbie Patterson. Yep, it uh, it doesn't look too bad on on the on the form sheet. Jonathan Parks on the back is paying good money. He says you get you'll get good top four money. It's on de- debut, and when you've got someone like Robbie Patterson who's on fire, obviously winning the uh, the Copeland's Mile down there with Punto. Uh, Punto- Puntura, I think it was, uh, just last week. You'd have to uh, just make sure that you you keep that one nice and t- uh, close to your chest. In race two, Robbie here, he has number three, the mistress with Warren Kennedy on board. Running nice second, first up, placed in a third uh, in a trial before that. And everyone thinks that it probably can go better. I actually think that's probably close to his best of the day. That's what I wanted to ask him. It has drawn wide, but currently paying fives and twos, which is uh, not bad money coming back uh, to you if it, if it doesn't get that win at $5. Uh, other horses to have a look at 
in that race. There's a there's a there's a couple of couple of nice ones again. Joe Doyle, he's going all right at the moment. He rode well um, in Carnival Week. There, he's on the top weight. Celtic Echo, that's at sevens and two fifty. And if you go further on down, again uh, for Ben Foot, Michael McNabb carrying only fifty sixes on Mars, which has had a last start third in race two. He's got a, he's got a couple others in there. Tar Zito and Catherine Catherine. Uh, Catherine Enns, I think that's how you say that, with an ENZ on the back uh, for Robbie Patterson. Uh, three chances in that race, uh, but for me, I think the mistress uh, out of those three are the ones, the one to be on. In race three, it's Doris uh, is running around for Robbie in that. The number eight horse. He's got Warren Kennedy on the back. He's he's engaged the best riders in New Plymouth today. Three dollars eighty dollars seventy. It's very very short. Um, having its first start after two trials with a win and a place. Um, yeah, well, its first first day out is it is it okay in the maiden um, over twelve hundred metres? Can it get the job done at three dollars eighty? You'd you'd think so with the local running around there. Race four, he's got another couple in non plume. We all know about non plume. This is a horse bodes well's back in as well for Debbie Harris, who's trying to get bodes well back on track. Uh, non plume, I think at fives and twos is not a bad bet. Very good horse for um, Robbie. And uh, yeah, it's raced in Queensland during the winter, so it has been a course and distance winner over this down in Taranaki. If you're looking to throw that into that multi, uh, your daily multi, non diploma, I think, is a, is a special for a $2 place. You've got Moala Miss for him as well, number two. Uh, number eight, he's got a lot of number eights in today, Moala Miss. Again, engaged Joe Doyle on the back uh, there. So close for Cornella for me. In that one, race number four, uh, non-diplume and Wallamus. Race number five, Sniper's Dream, uh, is alongside Belladonna Lily. Sniper's Dream, number five, again with McNabber on the back. Last start winner, co- um, kept off a cons- consistent win down there at Woodfall. Drops in distance here, and he's just on the line with us now. Rob, just going through your, your field today, mate. Um, thanks for joining us this morning of... Basically tipped out myself. It's Doris, mate. That looks like a, a pretty good bet today for you. Race three, number eight. Yeah, morning, uh, Yeah, yeah. She's a um, horse we got from the Ready to Runs last year, and um, uh, yeah, she's she's been real. She's shown us a lot at home. Yeah, she won a trial and whatnot, and uh, yeah, I think with Warren Kind out today, she's going to be pretty competitive. All right. You've got a couple of trios and. Today, Robbie, in race two and race six, you've got race two, the mistress, uh, Tarzito and Catherine, Catherine Enns. Is that how you say that last name? Uh, I think it's just Catherine's, Catherine's, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's a funny and, one, that uh, one. And in, in race six, you've got the underbelly, Aldrew Marler and Winkle Bay. You've got plenty You've got plenty of chances, both races. Yeah, there's plenty of, yeah, there's plenty of chances in about five pair, but um, um, the mistress, yeah, she was... <laughs> She was real nice first up. Um, she's a progressive sort of horse. That'll, don't know if she'll be winning today, but when she gets a mile, 2,000 metres, she'll be winning a race pretty quickly. Uh, um, yeah, Catherine's and uh, Tarazito, they're looking for more ground too, so they're just kicking off. Um, yep. But Elgie uh, um, Marla in the 2,000 metres, yeah, really like her. Um, very good at Wellington last time. Only just got pipped on the post and um, getting up to 2,000 metres. Yeah, she'll be pretty competitive, I think, in, in that field. Yeah, and what about non-deployment? I see, I see he's back running um, 
good money at fives and twos for a good horse. Yeah, she has a good horse. She's been uh, she's had three jump outs now and, and has gone. Has been very good in all of them, and um, yeah, I expected a real good race today. Uh, just is just a lovely horse. Yep. Do do, do you um, Cornella that race with Moala Miss in it as well? Um, yeah, Moala Miss is a horse. A staying horse will get over ground later, and um, yeah, she'll go cheeky, but I don't think she'll be testing a horse like Norm de Plume. Um, it's actually quite a tidy little field for a Thursday. That one, that seventy five. Yeah, it is. It's got, you know, Al's got Islington Lass in there. Of course, at the back, you've got uh, Debbie Harris, who's bringing back Bodes well. We know, you know that horse pretty well as well. What, what do you think? What, do you think Debbie can get Bodes well up? Oh, I've seen him going around. Um, he's, he's, he's a big, happy horse, and uh, it's too short for him today, but uh, it'd be good to see him come back. Um, John uh, Linsky bred and owns most of them who won with Punchura the other day, the Koopman, so he puts a lot of money in. I'd like to see him do well for him. But, uh, yeah, I think go, going forward, I think, he, yeah, there's a nice race in him somewhere down the line. Yeah. Race five, Sniper's Dream and Belladonna Lily. Yeah, Sniper's Dream. Uh, he's a real progressive horse. Really like this fella. Whether today's a day over drawn wide over 1,400 metres, but uh, just keep following him. I reckon he's, he's going to go through the grades, that fella. Um, Belladonna Lily, yeah, she, yeah, she's a consistent man. He's been out of money and... Um, I'd just like to see a cheeky race from her today and then going forward, going to a nice Saturday race over a mile somewhere. Yeah, it looks it looks over, doesn't it? Belladonna Lily has never been out of the placings in its uh, last start. Fresh up, paying $9 and $3 for that one there. Just take us through, Rob. How was Christchurch, Pontero getting, getting you the, the Copeland's Mile, mate? You, you look pretty happy down there with Grilsey. Oh, pretty stoked, right? That was a good box attack, the Copeland's. You know, it's a bit of an iconic race, New Zealand, and... Um, no, and it was just to get it good to get it done with the horse. He's had, he hadn't had any luck this time in, and um, you know he's just a bit of a big old honest horse, and uh, it was very satisfying. And yeah, don't worry, we celebrated that night. I'm still getting over it. It was a week ago. <laughs> oh yeah, I, but I can imagine. I thought about yeah. That's when I texted you and said you want to come on. I thought, man, he's going to be uh, looking for looking for some some electrolytes very quickly the the, the following day. <laughs> What's the weather like down there? I see I see it's uh, overcast down there. And you had plenty of rain too. That that soft, um, what is it, soft seven at the moment? Does it get any worse during the during the day? No, nah, it's, it's soft five. Uh, Darren, the key tugger, said before, you've never even done a trauma, but I tell you, we had 100 mils of rain over the weekend, and it stopped raining uh, Monday Arvo, and then we galloped on Tuesday morning, you wouldn't even know they'd been out there, you know, like um, there's not much water in the in the, ta- in the water table at the moment, and um, but uh, with that rain last week, it's going to run. It's going to be a beautiful track. They're talking to shower during the day, but we can't really see it. It's pretty clear now, and but it, it should run really good. It'll be, it'll be good true racing today, I think. Oh, nice. So, okay, Rob, well, our punters, they love to go into the weekend talking to uh, people like yourself who, who are in the know, especially if you've got horses running today, with a, a dead set, um, your thought on who your best is for the day. Oh, I think it's Doris today, and there's one tomorrow called Conway Karen at Wanganui. Um, on Keenan's birthday, who owns it tomorrow, he's at the races, and uh, it'd be great to see him win. And he's a nice horse coming forward. Awesome, Robbie. Hey, well, go well today, mate. You've got a big field. Uh, all the best, and uh, go and get some of that cash, mate. Get yourself paid. That's our Love Racing update with Robbie, Robbie Patterson joining us this morning from New Plymouth down Pukekota Park. Races 
all day down there. You've got eight days. Get along uh, to the Grand Tour Racing Festival because it's back. Uh, grab your mates and get on course. Visit events.loveracing.nz to find a race day near you. It is a couple of minutes away from uh, 7 o'clock, or about 8 minutes away from 7 o'clock. We're doing SENZ Roll Call. Where are you listening to us? What are you doing? We want to hear from you. Double eight, double three, double eight, double three. Let us know, and we'll bring you all of those texts next. It's coming up 7 o'clock on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Double eight, double three. the text line 0800 150 811 is our number. Jacob Duffy joining us. After 7 o'clock, we'll have a bit of a chat to him about the Ford Trophy getting underway tomorrow around the country. We'll also talk to him about his record. He's now the top wicket taker for Otago. And uh, really, really seems to have it in for Northern Districts. All his records seem to come against ND. So we'll ask him about that. After 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Scott Wooten from the Wellington Phoenix about uh, their game this weekend in Auckland. It's a doubleheader at Go Media Stadium, Mount Smart, tomorrow. Uh, the men's team taking on Melbourne City and the uh, Liberty A-League women's team taking on league leaders of the Perth Glory as well. And how's this, Kippy? Just seen a random story out of the States, not sport-related at all, but I thought it was funny. There's an abandoned jail in St. Louis, Missouri, and three guys decided they were going to break into it. Why, I have no idea, but they somehow got themselves locked in an abandoned cell, and then they had to ring the police to come and unlock the cell to get them out, at which point the police arrested them for trespassing, and then I imagine put them in another cell at another police station. Yeah. No, well, that's a, that's a decent truth, isn't it? No one would ever guess that. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. Absolute pork chops. Absolute pork chops. Mention that. Why would you break into a jail? Yeah, well, they must have, oh, you know, found a treasure map or something like that. You reckon? You know? it's like, it sounds like the Goonies. <laughs> sounds like the Goonies, yeah. mate. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Ever, ever been lo- have you ever been locked in anything? You've been caught stuck in a lift. No, I haven't. I haven't been stuck in a lift. I uh, oh, it's the it's the most horrible feeling ever. Really? It's stuck in a lift in England one time. Yeah. Uh, and when I was playing for the New Zealand Junior Kiwis, it was at the time we were touring England, and we we're up in I think it might have been Salford actually, the place where we were staying, and the lift too many boys jumped in it. So you can imagine you got like half the team trying to pile into the lift, and it started to go, and then it just stopped. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting there. It's getting really hot. I think we're stuck in it for like an hour. Oh. And I started to go, you, your mind just goes crazy on you. You didn't uh, try and die hard it and open the open the panel at the top and then climb up the ropes? <laughs> I was trying to, I was taking like short breaths, mate, trying to keep my cool because I was losing it. Right. And yeah. uh, you know, players are jumping around and making it even more scarier than it was. Um, but yeah, being, being locked somewhere where you're not, you know, that, that comfortable, especially confined spaces... Oh, it's a horrible, horrible feeling. Yeah, talking about jumping around, I remember going on a cable car with a bunch of mates. I think it was down, I can't remember where it was. must have been like Rotorua or somewhere. And, uh, yeah, as soon as basically the cable car got up high enough that you were actually really high, everybody just started jumping (laughs) up and down and rocking the thing. Anyway, here is Araha with the latest for news uh, for Kubota. It's four past seven. Good morning. Welcome to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast here on... 
S-E-N-Z uh, coming up. Uh, we are going to, uh, well, give you another crack at Two Truths, One Lie for that $150 uh, balance protein pack thanks to Chemist Warehouse and their Black Friday sales. We'll also catch up with Paul Mawadi after, oh, sorry, not Paul Mawadi, it's going to be Pip Morris today uh, from the TAB at around 8.30 after 8. Scott Wooden from the Wellington Phoenix is going to be with us as well. And I do have another Who Am I for you too. It is Trading Hour with Night and Day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local night and day. Now, who am I? Cryptic this one. I'm not sure that I've got it yet. $100 Adidas golf voucher up for grabs. Get away with Adidas golf. Visit adidas.co.nz slash golf. T's and C's apply. Who am I? Clue number two. My name is George, though that's not how I'm known. My name is George Though that's not how I'm known. Who am I? Double eight, double three. Any any clues, Kimpy? Any any ideas? None whatsoever. Absolutely none. Robbie's doing a really good job on uh, on the who who am I's at the moment. And I see there's a few names being thrown out there, and I, mate, to be honest, I couldn't tell you. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a hundred on this either. But uh, I tell you, uh, Jacob Duffy might be able to give us a hand. Uh, he joins us now to talk uh, a bit of cricket. Uh, g'day, Jacob. How you doing? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you getting on? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Four trophy gets underway uh, tomorrow, and it must be a bit of a nice feeling being a Southland boy getting it underway in uh, in Invercargill. Yeah, mate. It's uh, it's a very good feeling. Obviously, I've been down there for a couple of years, just due to some like, ground issues and stuff. So. Um, there's always a highlight on the calendar for me for growing up, um, yeah, in the last sort of 10 years or so. So I'm uh, very excited to get back down there. Yeah, what are you expecting from the pitch tomorrow? Honestly, mate, I couldn't tell you. Haven't played in three years there. they got new ground there. Um, normally it is very good batting wicket and small boundaries. So uh, being a fast bowler, I'm not too happy about that. But um, <laughs> that'll still be good, hopefully. You run two wickets and, and a good day out. When you say small boundaries, are we talking Pukakura Park small boundaries or not quite? Uh, nah, not quite Puggy. There's nothing quite compared to Puggy. Uniable. Uniable is underrated small boundaries, probably similar to that. Yeah, all right, mate. All right. Interesting, interesting. You take on uh, the Auckland Aces, uh, walking them into the far, 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 far south of the country, mate. It's always good when you get the boys from the Big Smoke down there. Yeah, it is, mate. It's about five degrees outside today, too, so I'm sure they're not going to have a too, too warm a welcome. But, um, yeah, they've done pretty well in the last few years, and obviously Finn's moved up there, too, so um, he's a pretty dangerous player, especially on a you know, small ground like that. So, um, yeah, hopefully make them a little bit uncomfortable down there, but it's what it's all about. We had uh, we had Finn in the studio, actually, not too long ago, and Kempi was really impressed. kept mentioning his guns, really impressed with his guns. Is he the, is he the guy that skips league day and just stands in front of the mirror curling? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't surprising, right? Uh, those T20 batters, eh? they're all about the show. and Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I wouldn't surprise me at all. I, I hear, I hear you, Jacob. Jeez, it's been a while, mate. It's it's not very often you hear of like one um, one player playing one town, one team uh, these days. But mate, what is it? Why why don't you move? I, I've read a little bit about why why you don't move. But in your own words, why haven't you moved? Why has it been so um, such a state, a place you wanted to stay at all uh, throughout your career? Uh yeah, in the last week, I've seen to have this question a lot, and um, I don't know. Well, I'm obviously I'm from Macau, grew up down there. Uh, my family, my wife's family, all from around here, and also I've just never sort of thought of any sort of good reason to move. You know, some guys move for different opportunities, and 
um, for, whatever reason, for whatever reason they think that if they make a move they can um, have a fast track to the black caps or something, something uh, somehow. But um, yeah, I've just never sort of sort of thought that. I think Otago's been, you know, I've had all the opportunity I've ever had. Um, I've had good leadership roles. I've had good coaching. Um, quite honestly, I couldn't see myself living in a different city. Every, every other city is probably a bit big for me, or, or something else is a bit wrong for it. But um, you know, my life's set up down here. My wife's life's set up down here. And and like like I say, the cricket is as good as you know. Yeah. Um, it can be for me down here. Yeah, I, get... I do find it frustrating. All these other people have to leave, and will think they have to leave. Um, you know, we're in a big, pretty big trophy drought at the moment, and it's, it's kind of no wonder when you lose sort of you know a key a key player or two every every year, which is, um, yeah, it's massively frustrating for someone like me. Yeah, it would be, mate. It would be. I, I guess, you know, where Kempi's coming from with that question is it is a professional game, you know. We see so many guys now hopping around so they can get, a you know, a contract here to play T20 and a contract here to play this or whatever, uh, you know. So we it does seem to be quite a, um, uh, what's the word, a bit of a gypsy existence, being a pro cricketer, or at least it can be. Yeah, it does. You're probably looking at what sort of that next level of, you know, the international guys have that sort of decision to make. Um, I guess for us, sort of, you know, the fringe sort of black cats on the domestic circuit, all the opportunities to me seem reasonably equal um, across, you know, the six CMAs. Um, you know, I think you can talk about guys like Finn and stuff. He he can gypsy around and, you know, he's getting the big bucks from all sorts of different leagues and he's got some probably decisions to make in the future around that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I guess for someone like me, you know, to try to crack into that black cap sort of cons- uh, team consistently, I think Otago is as good a place as any to be uh, to do it from. Hey, Jacob, do you think that um, trophies will actually change that mindset? I'm just thinking of, from my football career, like, it can't be the weather. Like, I went to the UK, I used to love the cold, um, you know, and it is really cold down down where you are. Is it is it more about, like, having a having a team that they can keep their hands on and... and and not saying to players like using us as a transition to another another franchise. Yeah, I think trophies definitely make a uh, play a role in that. I guess you yeah more players get selected from winning teams. I guess. Um, but like I say, if you look at who we've lost in the last few, we've lost Michael Ray, Michael Rippon, Nathan Smith, Nick Kelly. You know, go back to Michael Bracewell, Neil Wagner, James Neesham. Like that's a strong core of you know New Zealand A Black Caps sort of level players. Mm. That you know, you keep them together, and you do win things. So mm. it's a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy when you, you know, you're losing these guys out who want to go to a winning team. Otago's never, yeah, we're, we're up shit creek if um, if it's going to keep continuing like that. Yeah. Luckily at the moment we've got quite a young core of about 22, 23 year old batting unit who are all going well. You know, they grow up and learn and ex- gain experience together. Um, and then yeah, so hopefully three, four, five years from now, however long it is. Um, they were growing up and we're dominating together. That's, I guess, that's the ideal result as long as we can keep them. Yeah. Now, um, Jacob, you're, you're a part of the senior crew down there. Now, you've been there for 12 years, I think it is, with Otago. You've uh, broken Stephen Box's wicket record as well. Um, you would have played with some great players and played with some uh, different types of leaders and different types of captains and things as well. Who do you think, now that you are a leader, has had the most sort of impact or you've taken the most from as a, as, as a leader? Yeah, great question, mate. Um, I have played under quite a few. I've played, yeah, under the McCullums. Um, you know, played with the Wagners and um, a few of those guys. But um, I wouldn't really say I'd take any sort of, like, leadership sort of. Um, I wouldn't follow. And I had a great coach, uh, Rob Walter. You know, the, he's the coach of the South African team now. Yeah. Um, under him, he sort of 
he was the first guy to make me captain of that team. I was probably I was pretty young, I was 24, 25, and he kind of just trusted me to lead, you know, from just being natural, I guess. I'm not a sort of outspoken guy. I'm not a very loud guy, but um, you know, he, he kind of taught me that I can lead in my own way, lead by example without sort of blasting guys verbally or whatever it is. So um, yeah, that's probably who who I learned from the most, and to be honest, and I think he's doing. <laughs> you see, we're doing Saturday. He's a bloody good, bloody good at what he does. So um, I learned from probably some of the best there. Do, do you still find it when you're talking about coaching, you know, your limited experience that you've had with the Black Caps, um, when you go into those type of camps and, you, and you're coming across different coaches that they do still add extra bows, uh, extra strings to your bow? Oh, yeah, definitely. I actually, um, I, was in du- well, I went to the Dubai tour prior to the, the Black Caps series in England. So I was on that trip. Um, I didn't get a game, but Actually, I had literally had one session with Shane Jorgensen, the bowling coach, and you know, he he made a few wee tweaks here and there, or suggested a few wee tweaks here and there. And honestly, it's, yeah, it's just lifted me up. Yeah, I sort of feel like I've hit an, another level. Um, it's probably been three or four k's into my ball speed just from that sort of um, little trip and just working with him there. Um, but what's also underrated is you get to bowl with you know you're bowling with Tim and and the Matt Henrys and and those guys who they're as good a coaching as you can get anywhere as well. So, um, you know, if you can share a net with those guys, you sort of, you know, chew the fat and, and spin yarns and stuff. And, and you learn a lot through that too. So, you know, I've always valued my time in that environment. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I love those sort of guys to lean on who have been bloody awesome, to be honest. They talk and offer you, offer you plenty. So, yeah, uh, it's a good crew like that. Yeah, it's great. It's, it sounds like the Fovo Express might have got a few a few clicks back, mate. What are you, what are you throwing them down at at the moment? <laughs> oh no, nothing, nothing crazy. But you know, my sort of role, you need to, you need to be sort of that high end one thirties. As a, I'm never going to be sort of the one forty, one fifty guy. But if you're a high end one thirties, one thirty five to one sort of thirty nine, that's sort of um, the pace range I want to be. As long as I'm holding my shape and getting a swing and stuff like that, that's sort of where I want to be. Yeah, moving the ball at that speed, uh, yeah, makes makes a big difference, mate. You you got Auckland, of course, as mentioned uh, tomorrow in the in the Ford Trophy, uh, and you obviously are knocking records off left, right, and centre. I did notice that your first ever record for Northern Districts, so your first ever wicket, I should say, for Northern Districts, was that of Tim Southey, who was opening the batting at that point, amazingly for Nor- in Northern Districts. Tim strikes me as a sort of bloke that if you get him out, he's going to want to take the ball as soon as you come into bat. Um, did he get revenge? <laughs> I actually talked to him about this not long ago because uh, it came up somehow. Yeah, like I said, he can't even remember why he was opening the batting, but he did. Uh, lucky that day, I remember we got like 180. Uh, they got 180 or something, and then Baz and Neil uh, Neil Broom whacked it one down. So he never got the revenge, unfortunately. Oh, well, Probably has since, to be fair, but not that day. He he did he didn't he didn't get that uh, revenge that that Rick Rick is talking about. Have you ever got into one of those sort of battles like? Um, <clears throat> we've where you've gone for a bowl, bowler and you've taken him out and you had a bit of lip and then he's come back at you. Yeah, mate, you play each other so often that sort of stuff happens all the time. I actually got into a good ding dong with uh, Cole Jamison in a full trophy final one year. Um, well, I think they were bowling first. I got a few. I got uh, yeah, a few runs for me as a twenty odd. So I hit him for a bomb and then you know I get a bit of chirp and then he comes out to bat. You give it back. Uh, it's all good stuff, mate. Like yeah, it's all a bit of banter on the field, but. You play each other so often and you see each other so often and around these different teams and stuff that it never gets too far. 
No, never, never get too far, mate. Well, I mean, obviously you back yourself, you back this young batting group that you've got for Otago to go uh, deep in the Ford Trophy. Who, uh, you know, if it if it comes out as you want it to and you're in the Ford Trophy final, mate, who are you expecting to be facing? Uh, good question. I think that um, CD's always very strong. Like I say, you know, you talk about a core of guys growing up together. They've got those sort, that sort of core... Um, you know, you've got your Will Young, your Dane Cleaver, Blair Tickner, Doug Bracewell, they're sort of all that same age where they're all sort of maturing and peaking at the same time. And um, on paper, they're a pretty bloody hard team to look past. Um, Ken Tabs, unfortunately, are always there or thereabouts. Um, said like a two. Don't like them, they seem to, they said, seem to be yeah, up there all the they'd time. Be your, they'd be your second best team, wouldn't they, Jacob? <laughs> certainly my favourite team to beat. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did like that uh, that quote. There was an article that I got sent by Robbie, who, uh, where I, I think uh, they, were, they were asking you about moving around, and you said, "Well, it was never going to be Christchurch because I hate Christchurch." And I, I think you probably yeah, garnered a few more fans from that, didn't you? Yeah, it's sort of an ingrained thing we have down here. The uh, target on Southland, we see the shiny tracksuits up the road that uh, we never really got on with that well. So whenever we can get one of them, we sort of enjoy beating them. The silver tails, the silver tails up there in Christchurch. What's the preparation like, Jacob? You know, like when you're going from the four-day um, format to the one days, it's like playing Friday night footy when, when we're you know playing Sunday afternoon. Is is it a different type of preparation for you? Do you get excited that you know, you know, it's all over relatively quickly? You do get excited the fact you don't have to spend four days of toil. You can just go out for one day and work hard for one day, and then have the next day off, which is quite nice. But um. We finished a four day, was it last on Saturday, and then we have a couple of days. We've only had a couple of trainings for this one, really. But you know, guys, like you chop and change between formats so often these days. Like I think guys are getting pretty used to it. You sort of keep your white ball skills going. You've all the old slow ball here at tra- and Red Bull trainings and stuff. Um, yeah, unfortunately we've had a bit of crappy weather, so we've we've only had one proper outdoor session before this this game, and we're heading down today for a uh, hopefully another session. But I think the weather's looking pretty crap down there today too. So. Um, yeah, you've got to be on top of your game, and like I say, I think it starts a few weeks before this. Like you can't just come in, come in pretty cold. You've got to keep those um, skill, the white ball skills up. For a bowler, it's probably the, the changing of length is probably the toughest part. You know, you're sort of probing on the fuller length, which you don't really get away with in, in white ball cricket. So adjusting in that way is pretty big too. Do you do you personally have a preference? I asked actually uh, Kempi this at the beginning of the show. It's like you know we've got effectively say four formats: your T Twenty, um, you've got your your fifty over cricket like the Ford Trophy, and then you know your four or five day stuff, whether it's Plunkett Shield or Test matches. Uh, do you have a preference as a player? Is what you prefer to play? Yeah, I've always probably personally I've probably one day cricket is probably my best format. Um, I like that you know, you get a bit of a bit of the swinging ball up top and it's a bit of, you know, you bash your 40 length up there and um, you come back through the middle and you, you sort of hit a heavy length and tie a team down and then you got a bit of the hit and giggle at the end of the inning. So I quite like that fact that there's a bit of everything in it. Just your skills out in the different ways. Um, I wouldn't say I roll out of bed like excited to play four-day cricket, but it's definitely the most rewarding. Like, you know, when you fight hard with the boys for four days and, you know, if you get across the line, like that, you don't, you don't replicate that sort of feeling. So... Um, each each sort of format's got its its pros and cons. Yeah. Twenty twenty is probably my least favourite, to be honest. No fun going out there and getting whacked more times than not. 
Yeah, 100% agree with you there, mate. The hit and giggle, I've never quite found the appeal the same as uh, as the other formats. Uh, and just before we let you go, mate, nine for 127 in the Plunkett Shield against ND to get you that record uh, of Stephen Box uh, for Otago. Your first wicket, of obviously, for Otago was against Northern Districts. What What is it? What do you have against Northern Districts? You just seem to, all the big <laughs> occasions come against ND. Yeah, the ND bogeys, mate, what we call them. Just just there for the picking. No, nothing, <laughs> nothing special. No. Just one of those things, mate. Uh, that is it, was, it was a cool day. It was a cool day. The lads, did, the lads put on a wee ceremony in the day and drink a few beers, and that was a cool day. Nice, mate. Nice. Outstanding. Well, Jacob, uh, best of luck in the Ford Trophy this season. Thanks for getting up this morning for us and, and having a chat. Uh, really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, go well for the season, eh? No, I appreciate that, mate. Any time. Cheers. So you go out of uh, the Otago vaults. It is uh, Jacob Duffy uh, talking cricket with Kempi and I. Double eight, double three is the temper bedpost text machine if you've got an answer for who am I. Need a new mobile plan? Visit Kogan Mobile. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this spring. At 726-0800-150-811-8833, you can warm yourself up this morning with a hell of a coffee, starting from just $4.50 at your local night and day. It is Tradies Hour, and uh, we've got a few texts coming through. This one, uh, a few tips for you today, Kempe. This is from Kevin in Titarangi. He says, uh, morning, boys. Kempe, it's your fabulous Ponsonby Road lunch day today, and it's a freebie if you choose to take the dollars. One, Bell of the Ball. Two, Wolverine. Yeah, well, I'd you know throw those in at um, probably a multi-place bet. I think Kev, with uh, along with what Bobby Patterson's talking about with it's Doris and uh, tomorrow down in Whanganui, he's got Conway. Um, was what was it? Osir and Robbie's Robbie Robbie's onto it. Robbie or no? I can't. I I don't retain information that well. Yeah, Conway Osir and Kempi race three number Conway, one tomorrow Whanganui. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and thanks a lot, Kev. Uh, hopefully that goes well. But Bell of the Ball into Wolverine. Mm. Yep, throw those other two in for a, and, and multi them up in a place bet. You should get some good money. We'll have a look at it. Yeah, all right. We'll, uh, we'll have a look at that. But what we're going to look at right now is two truths, one lie. Uh, each of us give a statement. You've got to figure out who is lying. This is to celebrate Chemist Warehouse Black Friday sale. We've got uh, Balance Protein Prize Packs valued at over $150 to give away. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse and their friends at Balance. Uh, here's my statement. I once... You have to let me play the music. Sorry. I once met Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> and I've had a beer with Slash. There you go. That's mine. Kempi? Well, yep. I'm uh, I'm probably the only only elderly statesman down in Waitara that's still got a life ban because I've been kicked out of the swimming pools when I was a kid for sneaking in there, not paying and running and doing bombs from Monty Chicken who was down there. Just used to kick me out, but then she said, no, you're banned for life. Auntie Chicken ain't there anymore, I reckon, bro. I think you'll be fine. No, she's here. I talked to her last week. <laughs> okay, he's already trying to sneak back in. All right, Robbie. Had an interview on um, Sunday with Watto, actually, about the uh, Manu World Champs coming starting next year. Kemp, are you you're gonna you gonna enter? A hundred percent. Don't don't mind. That'd be great. SNZ OB from the Manu Manu World Champs. How good. <laughs> anyway, off topic slightly. Um, my story is that uh, age 11, 12, intermediate school, uh, had the police called and searched for me when I got stuck in a parking garage. 
Okay, so who is telling the pork pie? Double eight, double three, and a hundred and fifty dollar prize pack. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, their friends at Balance could be all yours. It is that easy. Keep your texts rolling through as well on double eight, double three. Always happy to take your tips. I know Brad, who texted through yesterday for Kempi's kicker, he had a six dollar fifty uh, NBA option for his Kempi. Came in. Yep. Good on you, Brad. Well, I hope you're on it. Um, and got paid yesterday with that uh, six dollar fifty option. Would I, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember what our our kicker was. Um, Robbie, what was it? Well, I took I took Aston Villa Spurs to be a draw at three seventy five in the Premier League this weekend, and I'm pretty sure you took a golf one. Was it PGA? Was it the PGA? Oh, one? No, right. no, he, no. He was he was going to go for that. He took the um, I think it was Brett's um, yeah Jets Dolphins Tyreek Hill fifty oh, or more receiving right. yards in each half. Yes. Um, so yep. that's uh, tomorrow nine a.m. Um, and then uh, if that comes in, we wait till Monday three a.m. Or realistically, when we get into work on Monday to figure out if uh, if the Tottenham Aston Villa draw happened. So that's yeah. Monday three a.m. There we go. All right. So we should have a result on the kicker for you on Monday. Keep your uh, texts coming through though. Always looking for a tip this weekend. We'll share your oil around as well. Time to catch up with Araha now with news for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. 27 away from 8. Thank you, Araha. Kennard's Hire, make your job easy. Kennards.co.nz. Here's some sports news headlines for you. Former West Indian cricketer Marlon Samuels has been banned from all cricket for six years. That means coaching, managing, any of that stuff after an independent anti-corruption tribunal found him guilty of breaching the anti-corruption code. Samuels was charged back in September 2021 by the ICC and has been found guilty by the tribunal in August this year of four offences, including obstructing the uh, investigation, failing to cooperate with the investigation and receiving a gift or payment that could bring the sport into disrepute. New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones underwent successful surgery to repair of the ACL in his right knee yesterday and is facing eight to ten months of recovery. The procedure was done at a hospital for special surgery in New York and they say eight months of recovery would take Jones down 26 right up to the training camp at the start of next summer. Don't worry though, Kempe. I don't think he needs to worry about paying for the uh, heating of the pool. Uh, the Giants signed Jones to a four-year, $160 million US deal earlier in the year. He is due another guaranteed $35.5 million pay next season. So I think he's going to be okay. I think he'll be all right, mate. How's this for a GC award? A Norway and Manchester City striker Erling Haaland has offered to pay for fans from his former club, uh, Bryn FK, to attend the team's playoff game on Saturday. They're a second-tier team in Norway, and they're his boyhood club. He played juniors for them. They've reached the playoffs for the first time since 2006 and have a chance of getting promoted to the top flight in Norway. Haaland, who's 23, will cover the cost of the train trip for around 200 fans, expected to run to about $26,000 New Zealand. Uh, so yeah, it's a good thing to do. I mean, it's not like he's short of cash. Well, yeah, it's not even his, his weekly wage, is it? No. It, what, what would he be on? He'd be on £140,000 a week, probably. Oh, and the rest. I, I reckon he's probably closer to three hundred. Three hundred thousand pounds a week. Yep. Well, Kevin De Bruyne, yep. who's he at Man, buy them a train. Yeah, it's Kevin De Bruyne, who's <laughs> at Man City. He's injured at the moment, but he's on three seventy five a week. 
Wow. Yeah, that's yep. some good money. That's good. Yeah. All of those basketball, basketballs, so cricket, basketball, soccer. Yeah, there you go. Well, mate, I don't I think cricket takes a back seat, to be honest, unless you're Indian, pretty much. Because mm. um, so even that, even though the IPL money's well, like... Well, Pat Cummings, mate, just bought a house worth 25 mil. Well, there you go. The Aussie, Aussie cricket obviously pays all right as well, eh? Obviously pays all right. Oh, you, you might appreciate this, Kempi. I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, but yesterday's game between the Warriors and the Suns added another incident in a long conflict between Golden State Warriors Chris Paul and referee Scott Foster when Paul was ejected after Foster slapped him with two quick technical fouls. It was Paul's seventh career ejection. The Warriors coach Steve Kerr also picked up a technical for yelling at Foster after Paul's ejection. He said, I didn't think Chris deserved to be ejected. The first technical, fair enough but I thought the second one was unnecessary everybody gets frustrated out there but this is what interested me Kempe there is definitely something in this that the referee and Chris Paul do not like each other and the referee uses feels like at least uses his uh, power as the referee to, uh, to exact some revenge here the dynamic yeah, between Foster and Paul isn't new. Paul's former teams, the Clippers, the Rockets, the Thunder and the Suns, lost 13 consecutive playoff games when Foster was the head referee. And in playoff games in which Foster served as part of the refereeing crew, Paul's overall record is 3-17, and dating back to 2008. Yeah, it, it, it seems like someone's picked up on something that, um, you know, you're not meant to have biased leaning towards another team, are you? But you are if you're going to attack a player uh, as, as someone that you just don't like and eject them out of the game. Oh, look, I, you know, it's already been one of those Netflix movies about the referee in the NBA. This might be another one. Yeah, it could be. It could be. And uh, finally, last season's world champion Black Ferns and All Black Seven sides have named stacked squads to begin their title defences in Dubai and Cape Town next month. Rising star Georgia Miller, World's uh, Rugby Sevens Player of the Year finalist Michaela Blyde, and the world's best Tyler Nathan Wong will be part of uh, the setup alongside Sarah Hirani, Stacey Waka, Portia Woodman, Whitcliffe, and Sheree Kaka. That has got strike power everywhere. The Black Ferns Sevens team have dominated the women's competition since its inception. They've won seven of ten World Series crowns and they've only failed to go back to back on one occasion. The All Black Sevens, they're in exactly the same boat having only failed to go back to back or better on one occasion and Leroy Carter and Aquila Rocosiloa uh, headline a squad after receiving nominations for the World Sevens Player of the Year. Alongside that is the experience of Scott Curry, Sam Dixon, Tim Mickelson and Regan Ware. This is a team capable of anything. Kempi, uh, what do you reckon? Will they both teams go back to back and then win gold in Paris? Uh, I think they've got a very good chance. I think they've got a very good chance. I've been watching the sevens, like I said, this week. Um, I like I like what I'm seeing from the, the women's side. They're very big and fast, mate. Um, and the men, I, look, I just think the men, Kiwis are built for sevens football. You know, when they get the mix right, they get the size and the speed right, um, put those playmakers around them in that, in that format then it makes for good watching, and uh, they are hard to stop once they're on a roll. Yeah, that they are. That they are. We uh, actually had a, uh, a text come through about Erling Haaland. Apparently in his contract, he gets a goal bonus. So every time he scores a goal, he gets another 20K. He has 28 goals this season. So my quick math tells me that's about £560,000 well, bonus on top. On top of everything else, how good is that? There you go. Those are some sports news headlines for you. And uh, probably, if you're anything like me, 
listening to some of those numbers, have you questioning your career choices? But there you go. Uh, Kennard's higher. Change your li- <laughs> can it change your life? No, but can they make your job easy? Ken Oath, kennards.co.nz. Uh, now, on that, we have got a Choices Flooring Poll coming your way. We'll do that next here on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. We are 21 away from 8. We're a quarter away from eight. It is tradies hour. You can warm yourself up with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50. Thanks to night and day. Uh, you got an empty LPG gas bottle? Vector on gas.co.nz. Let's have a look at what's cooking Kempe this weekend. Plenty of sport on. I know that uh, I'm looking forward to uh, a couple of uh, big days of football at Go Media Stadium Mount Smart tomorrow. The Phoenix men's yep. and women's team are both in action. And then on Sunday... It is the National League Grand Finals for both men's and women's for New Zealand football as well. I'm going to be at both of those. Uh, so that's uh, that, those are a couple of things. If you're looking for uh, uh, some sport to catch over the weekend uh, that I'll be uh, I'll be looking at. Uh, Kempi, how about you? Yeah, look, good weekend for you, Rick, uh, with, the, with the football being played uh, up here, the Phoenix, the, the men and the women's. That should be a good, good, uh, good viewing for me. Uh, tomorrow down at Pukekohe, they've got the County's Cup Group 3 on. Uh, some good fields if you're going through uh, the day tomorrow, the card tomorrow on, on what should be a fantastic day. Weather hopefully hang, will hang around. Uh, and in the big one, Aquacade, um, Aromatic and One Bowl Cap um, for Robbie Patterson uh, lead the, the, uh, the betting at the moment. $2 Aquacade. I know we've got tipped out that this week. Uh, one last start, has uh, had a second and a win in its last two back from break. Warren Kennedy, riding very, very well for Lance Noble, will be the one to beat. But, yep, uh, County's Cup, big day, and uh, I'll definitely be tuning into that. Elsewhere, there's plenty to tune into uh, because the Adelaide 500 Supercars race is on this weekend as well. So if you're a rev head, there's that. There's also uh, the last Formula One Grand Prix of the season on. And uh, FT, if you're a golf fan, the Australian PGA and plenty of Kiwis in contention there too, Kempi, up in Brisbane. Yeah, is um, the the Australian PGA. Uh, you know, hopefully we can get. Well, mate, the Kiwis are on fire. You know, wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. I know that Cam Smith, I think, was five dollar f- um, short favourite to get that, along with um, Andrew Scott. So I think that was we, that was maybe the bet that we took, wasn't it? Finished top 10. No, and we didn't take it, and then we talked about it. We didn't take it. Oh, yeah. I thought, I actually, when I looked at that, I thought, actually, that's not that's not bad odds for that um, that golf kicker there. But, uh, yeah, let's let's hope that because we didn't take it, a Kiwi picks it. Yeah, well, uh, Josh Geary is, I think, the leading Kiwi at the moment at three under. He's tied for 16th. Uh, Adam Scott is tied for 4th. You mentioned him. He is uh, 5 under at the moment. But uh, yeah, Cam Smith had a bit of a mare. Uh, I think he's slightly off form at the moment, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. But there you go. Uh, plenty of stuff uh, going on this weekend if you're sport watching. If, if you want to uh, keep it uh, keep it hot, then don't get caught with an empty gas bottle, LPG gas bottle this summer. Visit vectorongas.co.nz And on that, let's go to our Choices flooring poll design, visualize, and create your perfect floor with room view. What are you most looking forward to this weekend? Here are the options we've put in the poll Premier League being back after the international break, the Wellington Phoenix double header, Counties Cup Day, the Australian PGA, the V8 Supercars, or the final F1 race of the season. Those are our options. Head to the SEN app. Hit Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. You can vote on the poll there. We'll bring you the results of that poll in a round. 
an hour's time. We are 12 away from 8 here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Seven away from eight o'clock, uh, you can warm yourself up with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 uh, with night and day. It is tradies hour. And Kempe, you mentioned something a little earlier that actually I wanted to bring up, and that was that Jackson Hastings had sort of floated the idea of uh, rugby league NRL going a bit sort of NFL on it. Uh, so players each season, they get to choose a squad number, and they just wear that number regardless of where they play or if they're on the bench or if they're starting, and they have their name as well. So they could have any number from 0 to 99, I guess. Um, I don't hate the idea. What do you reckon? I like it. I think I think it's, um, there's so many benefits to having your name and number on the back of a jersey. Uh, squad numbers, normally they go up to the top 25. Uh, so 1 to 25, it's not, it's not like the NBA that you check it. I was actually part of that um, evolution in 99, when it came out in Super League and they put your number and your name on the back of your jersey and you had that for the season. So no matter where you started, you were always in that same number. Um, and of course, it, it, it has so many benefits. Like the commentators know who they're talking about. You know, the fans know who, who, who that player is in that jersey for that other team when they're, when they're away because home fans know you know you like the back of their hand. So I, I think Jackson Hastings bringing that back up that the NRL should move with the times. This is something that they're way behind the times. And of course, when you're selling merchandise, can you imagine how many um, Sean Johnson jerseys would have sold last year for the Warriors? Yeah, if you had Johnson on the back and seven or whatever name, number he decides to go with, you know. I mean, that did make me wonder, you know, Kempe and your pomp, uh, whether it's at the Knights or at the Rhinos or wherever, what number would you have gone with if you could have chosen any number to have on the back of your shirt? Number one. Number one? Yeah, without 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 a doubt. Like I, I, I have the original number one jersey uh, from the Knights inaugural year, 1988. Um, so, you know, I've got a, a Kiwi number one jersey, a Knights number one jersey, uh, not one for Leeds, although I did have a little run around at fullback there. Um, yeah, but if, if I was to choose a number, I'd choose a number one. Players love numbers too, you know. Yeah. A lot of players, they love numbers. A lot of players love the numbers that they play in because if they get that jersey, then they know they were first choice in that position. It's interesting, isn't it? Because, I, you know, I think about things like, you know, the, the iconic one that springs to mind is 23 for Jordan. 100%. But, but then, of course, Shane Warne copied him. Shane Warne took and, 23 for Australia. And LeBron James. And, yeah, and LeBron as well, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's interesting that they, um, uh, how the numbers, how the numbering system works. Yeah, I think it's a really good idea because not only that, but it also gives clubs an opportunity going forward from here, right? If you have an absolutely legendary player, um, you know, like Tony Kemp, for example, and his jersey number was 67, and he's won you half a dozen premierships and represented and been a, a one-club man, you could, you could retire 67 and have it up in the rafters type thing, you know, like they do at the, at the basketball and uh, the NBA and stuff like that. You can, uh, you can make more of a, I guess, um, you know, you can make more of it. it. It allows you to do things like that and go over and above for guys that have been great servants for the club. Yeah, and, and that's, a, that's a great way of putting it. I, I just think the, the, the knock-on from it, as far as I remember, a story when Beckham signed for Madrid was yep. it? No, yeah, Real, Real Madrid. Madrid. Yeah, they made the money that they signed him for back in that week with sales of, of jerseys to um, the Asian market. Yep, you know, so there's there's so many knock on effects that that it it um it sort of supports and it, of course branding and marketing these days like people they. They, they like the flashy players, but they also like the quirky players. 
I remember when they bought Ronnie the Rhino along for uh, the ride in 99. So Ronnie the Rhino, he's a Leeds mascot. Yeah. Mate, he, he got more gigs than the players. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember going, I, remember going, I remember going to a pub one time in England, and here's Ronnie Rhino with his head off, sitting down and having a pint of Guinness, absolutely blathered. And I said... Mate, no one's meant to know who you are. You know, put that helmet back on. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the the key thing for the uh, for for mascots, isn't it? You never take the head off, never, not in public. Never take the never take the head off. Never know who the person is. Ronnie the Rhino became that much of a legend. Seriously, he got, had that many invites to MC events and stuff like that that he actually ran for local council. How'd he go? Oh, uh, you don't well. I'm thank God he didn't get in because I know the I know who the guy was and he was not a councillor. Yeah, all right, um, okay. Yeah, but but it, but it does the the gimmicks. It, although people might think it's a gimmick and you have got your name and your and your number on the back of the jersey, I'd I'd love it as a commentator to know the name on the back of that jersey and 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 quickly get a visual of the number. Um, but from a from an away fan, I love it when you when you're watching them, you see the number, you go, oh yeah, that's such and such. It's just easier to identify players, and and you 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 relate uh, numbers to players as well. I guess it you know, the, it'd be interesting when it comes uh, time for you know players to shift, get picked up by other clubs. You know, Kempi, and you say your your number is the number one, and then you're going to go, all right, yeah, the Roosters want me, but I'm going to go to the Roosters. But James Tedesco's wearing the number one, and part of your contract is that you get the number one, and Teddy has to wear a different number, or well, you know, that's- something like that. You know. Do you think Benji? Do you think Benji really cares if he's going to if he's going to sign something? He's, he'll kick whoever's out of the number six jersey to put Jerome Luai on it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, so yeah, it's it, it, it does have that impact. It's amazing how players how players love that type of stuff though too, mate. So um, I, I think I think yeah, get the name on, get the name on, get the number up, and and sell more gear. Yeah, do it. All right. Uh, can you hear your thoughts on that as well? Double eight, double three. Actually, uh, we said, you know, is a lot like uh, how the NFL do things. Well, of course, it is Thanksgiving in the States. We've got three games of NFL on today. And not going the way of the Detroit Lions. They are playing their divisional rivals, the Green Bay Packers. The Lions are 8-2 and two for the season. And they are 23-6 down to the 4-6 and six Packers. And uh, Jerry Goff is having an absolute nightmare by the looks of it out go there. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go, yeah. The man from Wisconsin, Robbie, uh, he is all about it. Coming up in the next hour, Scott Wooten joins us from the Wellington Phoenix. Right now, though, here is Araha with the latest in news for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Kia ora, good morning, and welcome into Izzy and Kempi for breakfast at five past eight on your Friday morning, and uh, we have got plenty coming up in this last hour, including uh, Scott Wooten from the Wellington Phoenix. He's up shortly to talk their big game against Melbourne City on Saturday at Go Media Stadium at Mount Smart. Uh, plenty of texts coming through as well on double eight double three. I missed Kempi's kicker yesterday. Would you be able to read it out again? It didn't seem to be on the pods. Uh, yeah, Richard, no problem at all. Uh, we've taken Spurs and Aston Villa to be a draw in the Premier League at 3.75 and Tyreek Hill to rush for 50 yards or more in both halves for the Dolphins against the Jets tomorrow. That is what Kempi's kicker is for you. Plenty to get through as well, including another clue for who am I, Kempi. Um, I think this one maybe will help a few people. We've got a $100 Adidas gift voucher to give away, get away with Adidas Golf adidas.co.nz T's and C's apply here are the three clues for you first clue I was born in the 1800s second clue 
My name is George, though that's not what I'm known by. And clue number three, my career spanned from 1914 to 1935, and many consider me to be the greatest ever to play my sport. If you know the answer, double eight, double three, get yourself in the draw for that $100 Adidas golf prize pack. All right, let's uh, welcome in, into the show from the Wellington Phoenix, uh, the big man at the back, came through the ranks at Manchester United, played three seasons at Leeds United as well. Scott Wooten, good morning to you, sir. How are you? Good morning. You okay? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. Are, are you in Auckland yet? Have you managed to escape Wellington? No, not quite yet. We've uh, we've got our final training session this morning before we uh, before we fly up to Auckland. Um, so no, we haven't we haven't uh, we have, we're not out to Wellington yet. I hope the fog's not too bad, mate. Apparently, there was a few issues during the week trying to get out of Wellington. Yeah, no, there was one day. Um, I think it was maybe on Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, and when I woke up, I couldn't see twenty meters through my window. The fog was that bad, but uh, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, it holds off and we can. Um, we can fly up there, otherwise it'll be a hell of a long bus journey. Yeah, it will be, mate. You wouldn't wish that on anybody, I'll tell you that much for free. Uh, coming to Auckland, uh, for, for, the last, well, for the last time you're going to be playing in Auckland uh, for the foreseeable future, mate, obviously with the news that came out this week. What was your reaction? What's the reaction within the club being uh, to having another A-League team based in New Zealand? Yeah, there's not been too much reaction, really, amongst the players, Um a little bit of excitement that we'll, we'll obviously potentially have a, a fierce rival, a local derby. Um, but listen, there's not been too much talk of it. I think we, we've expected it for a long time. There's been rumours and talks for probably over a year now. So we always knew it was going to come. So it was, it's not like a shock to the system. But um, yeah, I think just maybe a little bit of excitement that you know we'll have one less travel for, a, for an away game will be nice and, and a local derby. Yeah, and, and how do you handle that travel, Scott? You know, like when you when you come uh, up to Tamaki tomorrow, or later on today, and you play the game tomorrow, you, do you class that as a a home game and one game that you guys should get? Yeah, it's a it's a funny one because obviously it's it, it's, it's obviously it is a home game clearly because it's in New Zealand and we're the home team, but it's the same sort of process as an away game you know we have to train a little slightly earlier we have to meet at the airport we have to get on a plane we have to travel um so it is a funny one um obviously the the advantage we have we don't have a time difference um going to australia even though it's only two hours sometimes three hours and five hours in pair that's difficult um so we obviously have that on our side but yeah it's a funny one i think it's a bit of both really it is obviously a home game um but it still has that away day feel You've got uh, Adam Griffiths on board this year as uh, as uh, part of the coaching staff under Chiefy helping the defence. What's he added? Because uh, it seems to be uh, a little more watertight than it was last season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think he's been been amazing, really. Um, I had a good chat with him in pre-season on the way back from, from an away fixture in Australia. And um, I was sat next to him on the plane and we were just speaking about sort of sharing stories for our careers and, and stuff and how we got into coaching and he just said that when he was coaching Manly um, they had the best defensive record in in the Australian State League um, obviously he was at Western Sydney Wonders last year they had the best defensive record and that's what he wanted to bring bring here he's got a set way of, of working um, from like certain principles of how you should defend in terms of your body shape um, 
the you know recovery runs and things like this. And then he's very very big on defending in the final third and, and defending the box and each sort of position or each um, certain positions in around the box must be filled. Um, and when when he reviews this footage, you know he's very very strict. If you're half a meter out of position or your body shape's not right, then he, he's pulling you up on it. So, but we've worked on it for from pretty early on in pre-season, so the lads are really well drilled. If someone's out of position, someone else must fill that certain slot. Uh, and it's been really, really refreshing. I think it helps that he was a centre-back when he played. I mean, I played for loads of managers and coaches who, who, who try and put you in a defensive shape and, and have been maybe strikers or wingers or midfield players. And they just, just don't get what it feels like at times to be defending the box or in defensive vulnerable positions. So I think the fact that, that Griff you know, played his career as a centre-back has helped not just myself, but all the defenders, um, defensive midfield players, uh, massively. And you know, I think we've got, I think we're second best at the minute for the, the defensive record for goals conceded. And you know, we've only played four games, so there's a hell of a long way to go. But the signs so far are good, um, and we just need to maintain that and continue it for the rest of the season. Scott, when you Scott, when you talk about body body shape, like in in our sport and rugby league, we talk about keeping our hips facing the opposition's try line so you don't get put out of shape defensively. When you're, when you're talking defensively um, in soccer, are you are you meaning keeping your body shape, I'm guessing, facing the football all the time so that you know where it's coming from? Or is it more man-on-man shape? No, so that's... I think in the past we were a lot more, in, especially in the box, we were a lot more man-on-man. And I think the problem you have defensively then is as a defender I'm sure it's similar in rugby you can't gamble because the striker is always going to make the first move yeah. whereas we've we've changed slightly now to be a little bit more in specific zones um, in terms of the body shape exactly what you just said you've got, you've got to be able to see the ball with your hips um, you've got to be slightly on the, more on the side so you're able to, to, to come forward and attack the ball and, run, and be able to run back if the ball goes over the top uh, whereas if, you, if you're squared on and you're facing the opposition goal, it's very difficult to then fully, you need to do a 180 turn to run back or it's very difficult mm. to get power to push off. So, um, um, you know, these are the, these are the small things that we, uh, we we try to change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, as Shakira once said, the hips don't lie, uh, Scott. Uh, any salsa dancing <laughs> yeah, in your exactly, training yeah. pre-season? Uh, no, not not quite. If, if there was, anyway, I certainly wouldn't be at the top of the class for that, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, good stuff, mate. Now, you've got uh, a, an interesting proposition ahead of you uh, this weekend with Melbourne City coming over. They're, they are always loaded. Uh, they've always got a stacked uh, team. We've got Jamie McLaren, Andrew Naboo, um, Matt Leckie, obviously Terry Antonis, and an old teammate of yours, Stephen Ugarkovic, as well, who was uh, part of the Phoenix setup last season. Uh, they haven't had a great start, though, have they? And they've already sacked the coach. Uh, what have you made of uh, what you've seen in Melbourne City so far this season? Yeah, I haven't seen uh, too much of them, obviously, because it's early days. We only had four games, but they had, like you say, a rocky start. Um, I think they've won. I think they won the last game under the new coach, so they'll get some confidence from that. But yeah, I think there was obviously a few problems with the with the old manager. They had a heavy defeat in the grand final, which was unlike them. But listen, they're no mugs. They've they've won the premiership for um, the last three years on the run. They've, they've got very very good players in the squad, and I just think sometimes in football that can happen. You can get off to a bit of an iffy start. You know, we've been guilty of that in the past here at the Phoenix, and it, it doesn't always tell the full story of the season. So I'm sure they'll they'll be back stronger. But hopefully, we, their um, their revival won't start at the weekend. 
No, and is there a shift in the attitude this week, Scott, with the, with uh, the task at hand, knowing that this team has won three on a bounce? No, not not one bit. Um, we've had the same sort of attitude, same mentality from the first week of the season. You know, we we had a very difficult game going away to Western Sydney uh, game game day one. So the um, no shift in mentality. We we treat every game the same. We go to win. Um, you know, yeah, Melbourne City have won the last three championships, but the team is is slightly different. Still, with like you say, stacked with very good players, but it's not quite that same team. So we we don't go there with any fear. We go there full of confidence. We've had a good start and. Yeah, there's been no um, no change in mentality. In terms of uh, the uh, the season goals uh, that you've got ahead of you, mate. I mean, obviously you you, you made the playoffs last time. You you want to cement that even more uh, under Chiefy in his first year in charge. How how are things gelling and how are you finding the young guys coming through? Because that was one thing I noticed looking at the squad build. Maybe. Uh, He's uh, Chief, he's put a bit more emphasis on some of the youth guys, some of the development players coming through. So, I mean, if you do have a couple of injuries or suspensions, you're going to have to rely on some of those young fellas later in the season. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we the squad is, is quite thin in terms of experience. Um, but, you know, we've got young players to back that up and, and they're ready to pounce when their chance comes. Um, in terms of our ambitions for the season, it's not something that we've... We've spoken about really. Uh, don't want to sound boring, but you know the old cliche of take each game as it comes. That's just what we've been doing. Mm. So uh, there's been no sort of targets for the year um, or anything like that. And yes, so far that you know the young players have done fantastically well, particularly you know AP and goal. It's not easy being a keeper. Um, you make one mistake and you get punished more more often than not. So I think he's done brilliantly well. Uh, Finn Sherman and Lucas Kelly healed uh, the same. You know they've both been uh, been outstanding so far. Um, hardly put a foot wrong so that again that's all well and good doing it for four games we, we've got to do that for, for 20 plus games and then, and then we'll have a good season Yeah no, no one remembers the beginning of the year eh Scott they only remember the back end of it um, and you're talking about the young guys that are coming yeah. what about what about the, having the woman there as well you know like they're playing in this double header with you there's a, been a lot of talk about crossing each other's paths during the day does it feel like a real family focused club at the moment yeah, I think it does. I think there's been slight changes to to both teams' um, sort of schedules that have enabled that. I think the women, instead of training in the afternoon last year, where we would never see them, they now train in the morning, so there's a, a lot more interaction. Um, you know, just casual chats, a bit more sort of camaraderie amongst the club. Uh, we've already had one double header. We've obviously got another one this weekend. So yeah, there's that more family feel um, amongst the club, if you like, and. Uh, I think that can only bode well. Both teams are, are obviously fighting, rooting for each other, and fighting, hoping that each other win. Whereas I think that was that slight, slight probably disconnect last year. Again, not by anyone's fault, just that um, the women's team weren't in it. They were in a lot later than what we were. We never really got to see them or anything like that. So I think the more, the more you're amongst people, the more you see people. You'd obviously build that that sort of club spirit rather than a, a team spirit. And um, yeah, you you want each other to do well, and you're you're always amongst each other. There was some talk that the uh, All Whites boys, uh, Tim and, and, and Alex and Finn, might not make it back uh, or be available for this game. Have you got any update on that for us, Scott? Yeah, I think uh, unless the flight's been delayed or cancelled, I think they'd, they'd be landing in Auckland um, in the next couple of hours, I think. So they're, they're not going to train with us today. They're going to meet us up there, um, which obviously isn't isn't ideal. Um, but 
you know, they're three three good lads, three good pros. I'm sure they would they would be doing everything they can from finishing the game in Ireland, trying to get as much sleep or as rest on the flights and making sure that they're available. Obviously Payne played both games. Um Finn and Finn and AP should be should be okay in terms of the minutes that they played to be available for us. So um yeah, like I said, it's not ideal but it is what it is. I think Melbourne City have got a couple of players in the same boat. Uh, Becky to the left back and McLaren up front they were both in, playing for Australia so I, I don't know where their games were but I think they're meeting in Auckland as well so yeah listen it's not ideal but it's what we're paid to do at, at the end of the day We just hope that as is Bayich can bring some of that Dundee United form from last season mate hopefully eh? <laughs> yeah, that'd be all right, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, just before we let you go, uh, Scott, obviously you, you came through the ranks at Manchester United, you played for Leeds. Those two teams don't like each other very much. And it did get me thinking about uh, an Auckland team in the A-League uh, and, and, and what that derby might be like against the Phoenix when it when it finally happens. Uh, but what is the, uh, well, you know, I guess, the most passionate derby that you've you've played in? You must have a story or two. Most passionate. Um, I always did enjoy the uh, when I was playing for Leeds. The Yorkshire derbies were, were quite intense. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, Leeds hate each other. Um, yeah, listen, Man United and Leeds absolutely can't stand each other. But I was just playing in the Championship for Leeds, so we never got to to play that fixture. Um, but yeah, I think the, the the one that stands out is Sheffield Wednesday uh, away at Hillsborough, really top historic stadium. Um, just the, the the game day just feels different. You know, we go out. You know, nine times out of ten, you go out for the warm up, and the the stadium is sort of probably a tenth full, um, not that busy. Whereas you go out for them derby games, and the whole away crowd is is full straight away, an hour before kick off, singing songs, and you can just sort of smell and feel the atmosphere. It's just different to normal games, uh, so I think that's the one. They're the ones that stick out. Kempe played rugby league for the Leeds Rhinos, mate. And as I said earlier, no one likes Leeds, so I think I think there's a bit of that going around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know that feeling for sure. <laughs> Good stuff, Scott. Hey, listen, really appreciate your time this morning, mate. Uh, have a have a safe travel back uh, no up problem. to Auckland, and uh, good luck tomorrow, eh? Yeah, thanks very much, guys. Cheers. Cheers. See you later. Will do. See you later. Scott Wooten there out of the Wellington Phoenix. Uh, their big game, uh, double header actually, at Go Media Stadium, Mount Smart. That is happening tomorrow. Uh, tickets still available for that one if you want to get along for a big day of football. Need a new mobile plan? Visit Kogan Mobile. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this spring. It's 825 0800 150 Paul has texted through and said, boys, I must have missed the news, but I was listening to Vossi and apparently Maguire has been brushed for the Kiwis coaching role. Vossi and Brandy think the Kiwis old boys have had an influence and made a huge blunder and Maguire is the man for the job. Now that's come through from Paul. Now, we talked about this yesterday, Kim, because the news was that the NZRL board had said, no, you can do both. But now it's been reported out of Australia that if the New South Wales job is on the table, New Zealand Rugby League have told him that he won't be able to coach both going forward. Yeah, well, interesting, eh? Look, look, whether or not that's that's true or not, I don't think he can coach both going forward. Uh, you know, this talk about him ha- only having the New South Wales job for a year, if he has a successful year, then they'll, they'll sign him to a longer-term deal. He ain't going to be able to coach or put, a, put his programme in place in both um, New Zealand and Australia. Uh, now, I'm not divided on this conversation at all. It's not about Madge Maguire. Uh, you know, I think I think at the moment, f- forget about who's saying what. The conversation is about um, Rugby League in New Zealand. Rugby League in New Zealand is in a bad state. 
No, there's no bones about it. You can talk to whoever you want, and a Kiwi, a Kiwi winning by thirty team winning by thirty points, is really good for you. I, I know that, and happy. You know, I'm the happiest bloke on the world because I bleed black, and I love that. But underneath that, because what happens is it gets swept under the carpet, is everything else that's going on. Yep, within the, within the game. And one of the outcomes of this game is making a decision to use um, the New Zealand Kiwi coach's job as a pathway into an Australian job. It just is a conflict of interest, first and foremost. But why would we be promoting Madge Maguire? Because guess what? He goes and does a really good job for New South Wales. Potentially he could coach Australia. So you're also giving him the insight into how the Kiwis work. It's, to me, it's, a, it's, it's not that... That um, you know that harder decision to make, but in saying that, whether or not he he gets the job, I just don't think he can do both anyway. You know, good on him. He you know good on him for getting out there and getting his coaching gigs and stuff like that. But I firmly believe that you know to fix the problems in New Zealand, it needs to start with our own backyard, getting coaches back in our country in our pathway. Why are you taking the limited opportunities we have anyway off us? Yeah, it's well. The Daily Telegraph are reporting this, and they're usually pretty when it comes to rugby league, pretty much finger on the pulse, right? Uh, so apparently, the uh, announcement on the next Blues coach is announced uh, is going to come in the next few days. So I hope by Monday we might have some more clarity on this. Uh, it is eight twenty-eight. Time to do this. It is two truths, one lie to celebrate the Chemist Warehouse Black Friday sale. We've got a balanced protein prize pack valued at over $150 to give away thanks to Chemist Warehouse and their friends at Balance. We each give you a statement. You have to tell us who is lying. I have met Ozzy Osbourne and once had a beer with Slash. That is my statement. Kempe, yours? Well, mate, I was, uh, yeah known to be a little bit of a tutu and uh, have actually been banned for life from Waitara swimming pools. Which are, you've done that little town, mate. We've actually even got our own swimming pool. We've got a diving pool, a 25 to a 30 metre um, pool, and also a couple of kids' pools uh, in our in our little hometown. We've been going there for years until I got uh, banned for life from Monty Chicken. Okay. Uh, Robbie? And my one, uh, age of 11, 12, around intermediate, I um, had the police looking for me when I got stuck in a parking garage. Okay, who is the lie? Who is the lie? Double eight, double three to win that $150 balance protein pack. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse and their friends at Balance. And uh, I don't think there's any name on this text, but somebody has texted through Robbie, and you would be correct. Yes, Robbie is the liar. I am the liar. So you never got caught in a parking garage? Never had the police out <laughs> looking for you? The poli- yeah, police... Um. Yeah, well, I've I've been stuck in multiple lifts mm. as you were talking about that before. Yeah, um, yep. which is yeah, not a fun time. No, not a fun time. But the police never came looking for you in the lift. No, no, no. Police come looking for you for any other reasons? No, no. no okay, no. all right. Good, let's good. clarify. No, let's Absolutely let's clarify not. that. Okay, well done. You're we... a naughty boy, Rob. You're <laughs> a naughty boy. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. And, there, and and I did and I did catch up with Andy Chicken at the uh, couple of couple of weeks ago down at the 90th Jubilee of our rugby league club, mm-hmm. um, Rick Dog. And the first thing I asked her was. Am I still banned for life? <laughs> and she just started laughing. She just started laughing because they used to have those. You know, they you know those intercoms where you push the button and it's like you know. Yeah. You push the button, you lean into it, and you go, um, uh, Rick, can you please come to the office? Those, yep. those ones. She used to have that, mate. The whole town could hear it. 
And yeah, she'd push standard. the button, yell, yell my name out. You're out. Get out. Get you're out. bad. Tony Kemp, you're bad for life. Oh, too good. <laughs> too good. Uh, we've got Pip Morris from the TAB on the way. We've got questions as well. And we'll announce a Who Am I winner uh, before 9 o'clock right now, though. Here's Araha with news for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. 27 away from 9, discover your signature style and enjoy virtual design experience with Choices Flooring's room view. Our Choices Flooring poll uh, was, what are you looking forward to the week this weekend? So much sport on, plenty of options, and here's how it has come out. V8 Supercars, Adelaide 500 with 41% of the vote in second place. The Wellington Phoenix doubleheader with 25% of the vote. Final F1 race of the season, 16%. A tie between the Premier League being back in the County's Cup day at 8%. And nobody's bothered about the golf, apparently 0%. But there you go. That is your Choices Flooring (laughs) poll. Discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with Choices Flooring's room view. Uh, Let's uh, check out the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely, R18. Pip Morris joins us. Uh, Morning, Pip. How are you doing? Good morning, Ricardo. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Is it, hey, does this mean that we'll see each other at the Christmas party now that you guys own us? Oh, it might be way. It might do. That'll be good. We'll squish in. I think, I think we're going somewhere this year. Oh, nice. Perfect, mate. Perfect. We, do, do, do we all have to report to Paul Mawadi now? Is that how it works? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Imagine if you have to do that, hey? You'd be running for the hills. Yeah, well, exactly. You're running for the bar, probably, more likely, just quietly. <laughs> um, hey, Pip, uh, before we get to the TAB stuff, we know that you're uh, a diet-in-the-wall Panthers fan. Uh, some talk about Jerome Luai being offered a $1.2 million year to go to the Tigers and play with Uppy Coruscant. How worried as a Panthers fan would you be if you lost Jerome? I'm not that worried. Is that bad? I um, well, you look what Jack Cogger did when he came off the field, and I think Jack Cogger was the man that actually opened up Nathan Cleary and allowed him to play that style of footy that made us win the game. So whilst I think Lua is a great player, I don't think he's worth what the Tigers are offering him, and I'm hoping that we can just you know, develop someone else into that role. Oh, is that a bit too much black in your heart there, girl? I don't know about that. <laughs> Jeez, that's a that's a that's a very that's a very good analysis though. Jack Cogger, of course, going back to my old team, Newcastle. So hopefully you can get them into the grand final. Um, but, uh, we've got races at New Plymouth today. We had Robbie Patterson on this morning. He really likes it, Doris. Who's taking all the money down there? It is at Doris, funnily enough. She's obviously, after that, started to really crunch in. And his other runner, of course, he's got one up at Counties where the main meeting is on Saturday, One Bold Cat. And the Counties yep. Cup is actually really well back there as well. Also, Aquacade, of course, she's just got such a good record on the track. She's got the most money staked and the highest bet count on her. In the Breeders' Stakes, it's actually Wolverine, who's now with Cow. And the Counties Bowl, Babylon Berlin, has taken the most money, but Johnny Johnny leads the bet count. I mean, you know he'll fire out to the front, so that's going to be a great race. And the Challenge Stakes, even bet there between the two-year-old Poetic Champion, Savagly and Velocious Punters can't split them. They're all taking money pretty evenly. Just narrowly got the most money on Savagly. Yeah. How, how was how was the week down in Christchurch? And was there any talk about the County's Cup and, and whether Aquacay could go out and do, do two in a row? Christchurch Cup week was just absolutely amazing, Kempi. As you know, you've been down there yourself. And look, there is. It's not her swan song, though. And 
as Aidan Rodley mentioned yesterday, there's not a horse that's actually gone through from that and gone on to win the Bone Crusher Stakes, which I think is her next main option. So it, it'll be interesting to see if she can do that because I don't think a horse has done that for around 16 years. But, I mean, it's hard to knock mm. her. She goes up in the weights, and I think that's the thing that brings other horses like Aromatic into it. But, boy, she just seems to love Pukakoi, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. Uh, racing also tomorrow in Whanganui, you've got uh, Robbie tipped out uh, Conway uh, Osir, and what, what sort of... Uh, what sort of bully is that taking to from the TAB? Has everyone jumped on that? It's shortening in a little bit, but he hasn't crunched in massively yet, although I'd say he will now after uh, Robbie's tipped him out. And also in the open handicap feature, it's actually Durham Lad that's taking the most money there at this stage. Uh, that seems to be the other highlight on the programme. And don't forget, we've got the bonus back. Grand Tour at Counties, Kempers across the first six races, and out of Wanganui, it's the first four. Grand Tour, and how was that anyway? The, I talked about that with Rick before. It looked like the Grand Tour, the party afterwards down there at Canterbury was something special. Oh, absolutely amazing. I don't think I've seen that many people on a racetrack in Rickerton for a long, long time. I can tell you a lot of them were probably 25 and under, so that after party just went absolutely off. So the Grand Tour is doing an amazing uh, job, and of course they're back on again this week at Counties, and I think they're sold out there again with the likes of the lane, so it's really awesome. And what, what, are your, what are your feelings about Ellerslie coming back? Um, hopefully we get through this, this next couple of trial periods with the horses going around, but how are you feeling about them and the crack of millions coming up? Are you looking forward to going back to Ellerslie? Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. You know, it's just, that's the pinnacle of racing there, isn't it? Not only the facilities, but the, the racetrack itself. So I think like everybody in the country, Kempe, can't wait to get back there. And for that meeting with those four, another $4 million a four-year-old million-dollar race put on there, and, and the TAB is really going to come to the party, I think, as far as uh, what they're going to put on there with ATC. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. What's your best in the dogs, Pip, before we let you go? Race number six tonight, Hatchet Raceway, the one Brighton Wave. He was $2 yesterday at opening. I'm hoping you'll still stick around there. It's a nice deal, but really good greyhound. One first up down Cup Week, and I think he'll win again. Good stuff, Pip. Have a great weekend, mate, and uh, we'll catch up with you again next week, eh? Sounds good, guys. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you too, mate. 21 Cheers, away from 9 o'clock. Check out all the odds, promos, and boosted odds on the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely. R18. Up next, it's questions. We're 16 away from 9 o'clock. Keep your text rolling through. Double eight, double three on the Temper Bed Post text machine. And uh, one has come through. Uh, morning, guys. That vote on your uh, Choices Flooring Poll proves that we need more supercars coverage on SENZ. I'm happy to be your correspondent for this each week from Craig. Uh, is that Craig Lowndes, Robbie, do you know? No, not sure. We do have uh, we, we do have V8 uh, supercar coverage this weekend, don't we? We do, yeah, Sunday. Um, yeah, Mark, Mark Watson's in the chair 12 to 2, and then we roll into SEN Supercars coverage 2 to 8. So plenty on your Sunday afternoon. Oh, there you go, Craig. So we've got uh, some supercars for you. All right, let's crack into this. All right, it is question time, Kempe. First question is where? And now it, they, they race everywhere nowadays. So I think there's 18 yeah. races around the world. Where would you want to watch an F1 race out of anywhere on the calendar? Currently, and it has to already be at a place on a calendar. Yeah, is that what you're asking? Yeah, uh, I would. I would. I would have said Vegas. Yeah, uh, but I, but I've been to Vegas. I'd like to go to Monaco. Oh yeah, a classic. Not much happens in that race because the streets are so tight. So basically, 
tends to be how they qualify is maybe not exactly how they finish, but because it's, it's so hard to mm. overtake there, it can be a procession at times. But, I mean, how, how much of the racing would you actually be watching if you're in Monaco? Well, that's, that's a, it's, a, you know, by all accounts, I've never been there, but a beautiful part of the world. And, uh, you know, you get, get a bit cultured there as well, as opposed to just let's get, let's get uh, on the Raz and watch the F1. Now, uh, this next question for you. I, a guy I know is uh, absolutely um, burko mad for Christmas. He's already put up his Christmas tree. He put his Christmas tree up the first week in November. Uh, my missus and my daughter... It's, uh, Excited. Yeah, and my daughter's birthday is the 1st of December, and so they always mark her birthday by putting the Christmas tree up. At least it's the right month, 1st of December. For me, that still yep. feels early. I'm like, put it up the week before and then get it down the next day. Personally, that's me. But for you, when is the right time to put up a Christmas tree? Well, I'm not really one that enjoys Christmas, to be brutally honest, um, Rick Dog. Uh, but, yeah, I'd... More about for me is like when do you pull it down? Okay, so when do you, you know, pull it down? Boxing Day? 100%. Yeah. Right. 100%. It's done. <laughs> Get it down. Get it down. I did see, I was just see a funny meme uh, of uh, somebody had put a picture of their garden shed up and said, here's a picture of my Christmas tree. That's right. It's still in the shed because it's November. Um, yeah. Yeah, which I did like. All right. What? Uh, what is turkey all about, mate? I mean, it is Thanksgiving. The Yanks love it, and they always have turkey for Thanksgiving. Um, are you in or out? You like turkey? Uh, not really. I've found it, like, every time I've eaten it, I've found it'd be really tough. Um, there are apparently ways that you cook it, and I guess I've never had... Someone's probably had one in a hangi. That'd be nice and moist, trying to throw in a turkey in there. But, no, nah, I, I sort of don't get it. I don't get the turkey thing, you know. Well, how come down here in New Zealand we don't have roast lamb day? That's what we need, roast lamb day, mate. Roast lamb day should be every Sunday, I reckon. Yeah, well, but you know what I mean? Like, have yeah. a day. Like, they, they've got Thanksgiving. Like, we've got Waitangi Day, you know. Matariki. I guess. Yeah, Matariki. Why don't we have that as, like, that's where everyone gets a, a lamb and they make whatever they want with it. Yeah, I like it. I think we should start a campaign. Start a campaign, Kempi. Uh, okay, here we go. I know you get your teeth into this one, mate. <laughs> Who is the worst tipster you know? <laughs> yeah, I can say it too because he's not here. But <laughs> it has to be that bloke behind you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> with, a big, with a big smile. Um, oh, yeah, no, look, the dagger, he has stopped a few <laughs> in his day. And uh, I'll just make sure that if he does give me a tip, I'm, uh, I'm doing my homework on that one. All right, that's good to hear. Good to hear. Oh, actually, we've had another text through on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Double eight, double three. Uh, my crook misses put the tree up last week. Now my four-year-old is demanding Christmas music 24-7 a month early. Honestly, that is like a living nightmare. <laughs> and, and presents have to go under that tree, which means shopping which is always at the worst time of the year to get out there and do it. Do you hear that Sylvia Park? Was it Sylvia Park and uh, Newmarket Car Park? Getting locked in a car park for three hours because everyone's gone to do their shopping. <laughs> it's like you know, Christmas can go and do something else. Yes, indeed, indeed. All right. Uh, why will an Auckland A-League team work this time? An Auckland A-League team will work this time, I think, it will work in one area, and that is to finally get us a stadium down on the waterfront. Yeah. I think I think 
Auckland, a, I think soccer, everyone's talked about it, the competition, the local derbies and all that. Yes, it, of course we need it in this country. But what's going to work is I think we've now got the backing of a guy who's going to push for a rectangle stadium down on the waterfront. You reckon the uh, the Warriors and the Blues will end up in the same stadium? 100%. Mm. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. You know, you pe- people need to get, get out of everywhere around the world that where stadiums work, you know, if they, especially down here. Like, you go to Melbourne, they've got rugby, rugby league, netball, um, and one other sport. It's not AFL, because AFL's all over the place over there. And the one stadium, and it works. Yeah. It does. Melbourne do it pretty well. All right, Kempe, uh, here you go. Possibly the toughest question <laughs> of the day. How do you put the toilet roll on? Paper down the front or paper down the back? Now, a mate of mine has explained it to me. you got to go beard, not mullet. That's how he de- he describes it. Which way are you? Be- beard, not mullet. Put, how do I put it on? As quick as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't care whether it's beard or mullet, mate. It's ripped. It's ripped the threads when I'm trying. You know the thing about toilet paper? Mm. Why do they glue it down so hard? Yeah. So you always end up stripping like, you stri- it's, it's like you've got confetti for the first two rolls. Yeah. It's it's like, you remember that when, you, when Christmas decorations used to come up? You remember how they used to get that, they used to twist that, confetti paper yeah I know and, the one and your, and your parents used to put it between um, one side of the wall and across the roof to the other and you look up at the roof and it'll just be all that long stringy twirled stuff crepe paper they call that so they're, crepe. Not, they're not too far one's crap paper one's crepe paper <laughs> yeah yeah. but the, the thing I hate about toilet I don't care beard or, beard or mullet mate just get it out there as quick as possible just, I would like it to actually just fall fall down as soon as you put it on as opposed to trying to rip it open yep no fair I, I appreciate that alright there you go those are questions and uh, just before <laughs> we uh, crack on uh, we do need to do Who Am I a $100 Adidas Golf voucher up for grabs get away with Adidas Golf Visit I did Adidas. pick it Rick you did? Visit adidas.co.nz slash getawaywithgolf. T's and C's apply. I was born in the 1800s. My name is George, but that's not what I'm known by. And my career uh, lasted from 1914 to 1935. And many consider me the greatest ever to play the sport. The answer, Kempe? Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth, indeed. And we're going to give it uh, today to Cam from Blenheim, who was one of very few that got it. Cam, a $100 Adidas golf voucher coming your way. I think you probably need it after all the rubbish tips that you've been giving out, so you're probably a bit skint <laughs> at the moment. So I hope that uh, I hope that goes some way to fix that for you. We are eight away from nine. When we come back, Daniel McCarty joins us. It's three away from nine. Plenty of texts coming through, double eight, double three. Uh, one from uh, Paul. We were talking about Turkey and uh, whether or not you like it. Uh, Kimpy's not a fan. I'm not much of a fan either. Paul has said... The best turkey is a wild one mixed with some Coke. I think Paul might be yeah. onto something. He might be onto something. Uh, Daniel McCarty, it is Thanksgiving over in the States. Hence our turkey chat. Uh, are you a turkey fan? Uh, generally, no. There's only one person who can make uh, an acceptable turkey in my world. And? Uh, an edible one. That's the mother-in-law. Right. Hopefully she's listening. <laughs> well played, that man. Well played. Uh, uh, Daniel, what's coming up on the show today? Uh, plenty. Uh, rejigging things somewhat. We'll start off with the bulletin. Uh, Stephen McIver is going to join us. Uh, he can uh, double up on a couple of very interesting topics. Of course, supercars. We're going to be all over that on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, has the Giz got something special for us? Uh, we'll talk to him about that. And, uh, of course, uh, 
uh, as you guys have done uh, ever so well during the week. We'll also talk about uh, the Kiwis slash New South Wales coaching role, which continues to drag, fellas. Um, after 10 o'clock, Shane Harmon is the CEO of uh, Sky Stadium. He's leaving the role at the end of the year. Now, Shane's had an, uh, an extraordinary career in uh, sports and sports events. And he's very well placed to talk about the, the changing profile of it over the last uh, 10 years. So really interested uh, to catch up with him after 10 o'clock to talk not only about his uh, time at Sky Stadium, but also uh, uh, the, the idea of how, how we get people to events, so on and so forth. I think he's fresh off uh, being in Las Vegas at, at the U2 show at the Sphere as well. Uh, Rick Dog. Wow, not sure you, you're a big U2 fan? Not really, but uh, not they, really. Well, I've been, I've, <laughs> I've seen them live, and they put, they do yeah. put on a great show. Yeah, they do, and that that looked amazing. So uh, we'll talk to him about uh, events. Paul Wilcox uh, talks to us about Auckland Thoroughbred Racing. After eleven o'clock, we're going to catch up with Evan uh, Priest, who is a golf reporter. He can uh, talk to us about the state of golf. It's a sport, from my perspective, that uh, what lurching into uncertainty next year. Um, I, I thought the PGA and Liv were going to get along um, swimmingly. Uh, he's at the Australian PGA Championship, of course, as the DP Tour has already started after a zero-week break. Uh, we'll follow that as well, so we've got uh, pl- plenty to get into over the course of the final uh, three hours. And Smith, he's back on Monday with you fellas. Yep, there he is. Uh, yeah, he's, on Dan, he's on Dan McCarty mornings. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's Daniel to you, Kempe. Yeah, there, there you go. We will, that's how we will introduce it Monday. It'll be uh, Ian Smith filling in for Daniel McCarty on SCNZ. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Go well.